You are listening to Eleven O'clock Comics. Do I say you? I forgot how to how we do. I usually do it. <laughs> Happy Uh-oh. New Year! Oh no, I don't say you are listening. You I just say what it is. Like yeah, three days ago. it's been so long, right? It's been like it's, been it's not week. even long. It's no, not even, it has, Friday. Friday, you and I sat down. Dramatic pause. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Oh. Eleven o'clock comics, episode one hundred and forty-two. We're back. Oh, Nice. I can tell you how many times I was sitting on the Skype in Florida going, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> the only time I have Skype turned on ever is the recording. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Yep. That don't want to be bothered. Sorry. 2.11 in the house. <laughs> One more year to doomsday. Get your affairs in order. Year. I haven't spoken to you guys since 2010. <laughs> no, it feels like a Jesus. year. You know what? I'm just, I'm just glad, I'm just glad that that you and I are able to guest host on this very special episode of Bullpen Bulletins, Jason. It's wasn't true. That, it's wasn't like, that uh, fun? <laughs> it's like the uh, farewell episode. I think the first time I ever heard Chris uh, drunk was the final episode of Bullpen Bulletins. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> not, that was not, bad. Not necessarily you heard that, you heard drunk. That whole story. About yes. why I, I mean, yeah, I I totally forgot that 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 I had been invited on for the momentous episode and had been mm-hmm. drinking all day long. It was like a, I think it was like football playoffs or something. I was. I would love back. to go back and listen to some of the old episodes and oh. see the old forum because back then I was a lurker and I didn't know most of the people the the yahoos that were part of your little community. And now I'm sure that I love them like brothers. So I'd love to go back and read some of those shenanigans. It's true. You brought the science even back then, though. Uh-huh. That's yeah, what attracted me to you. David hated me for it. I said, "Man, this oh, dude, please don't even." <laughs> this dude's sexy. Get him on. That's ah, true. Sexy. Uh, there are hey. plenty of other people that uh, hate. Besides please, me. my wife posted pictures on Facebook of our holidays, and I look like I'm a cancer patient. Please. <laughs> well, why don't you start eating? <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Eat a sandwich. Yeah, we, I wish I had that, that problem. Dude, it's, it's the baldness, the paleness, like a ghost. It's just, oh. it's a wreck. It's a wreck. I, I'm like the ghost from Thunderbolts. It's <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> like flies. You are kind of like him. Yeah, you're horny and and it's true. pasty. Hey, everybody, look at this. Eleven o'clock comics, two thousand eleven, episode one forty two. In the house, I am Vince B. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Christopher Naisman. Happy New Year. I'm David Price. Merry New Year, and I'm Nacho Watermelon. <laughs> uh, no, someone listens. <laughs> no, you're not a guinea pig. You're Jason Wood. What's and this, this messy cage of a podcast has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. Get this. We got the new discounts for this month's oh, order yeah. form. Very cool stuff. Axe Cop, Bad Guy Earth number one. You would have paid three fifty. dollars uh-uh, Buck seventy-five. That's what? 50% off? <laughs> Dr. Solar, Man in the Atom Trade, the new shooter stuff. If you don't read the first issue, the rest of it's really good. Special <laughs> discount, uh, $15.99. You can get it for $7.51. That's 53% off. 
This Godzilla I mean, comic. If, if you if y'all didn't, and we have to come back to Godzilla, but if y'all didn't get the Axe Cop trade, it's cr- it's criminal that that you didn't get it. You, you I must get go it. Out, stop the po- pause the podcast. Go get Axe Cop. Cops and criminals. Very nice. So Very good. nice. Uh, this Godzilla comic we keep hearing about from Mister Pow- Misters Missers Powell Powell and Hester. Get this, seventy five percent off. You're going to pay ninety nine cents for the first issue. What? That's awesome. Jason, give me a what, what? What, what? David Lapham is doing another series for Avatar, this time Caligula. Ooh. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Me I, too. I, uh, I, the film with Malcolm McDowell is a personal favorite as oh, well. Oh, me so. too. Best yeah. BJ in cinema history. You can get this Caligula, number one, uh, retails for $3.99, 50% off, buck ninety nine. There's a shitload of Ennis's Boys comics from Dynamite, yeah. 35 cents a pop. Really? That makes me laugh. Yeah, it's big uh, dynamite uh, back issues that uh, are going to be available. There you go. And my personal favorite of all the discounts available this month, Comics Journal number 301. It's 30 bucks. But that's not all that, I have to tell you. Why? Well, you were talking about it a little bit last week, and I was just thinking, I, I mean, I, I love that you're going to get it because I know you love that book like no other. But dude, oh, I do. Like, what are they thinking making a effectively a journal that's thirty dollars like honestly who how many copies are they going to sell that millions if, it, if i have my that's way so many. that's why they have to fucking charge 30 bucks <laughs> for it apparently. yeah it's 600 pages christopher neesman don't be a hater you can get this you can get this scholarly treatise on comics from a bunch of very intelligent people more so than myself not for 30 bucks 45 percent off 16 dollars and 50 cents oh, oh my goodness that's, yes that's more like it. you gotta do it I told Discount. Phil Hester. I told Phil Hester that I was looking forward to seeing his giant lizard, and then he never mm. replied. I don't blame him because you can get your comics at Discount Comic Book Service. All the ones I mentioned, and all a bunch of others from thirty-five to seventy-five percent off. Holy cow! DCBService.com. Click it. Do it. Type it in. Go there. Discount Comic Book Service. They're the best. Yep. And, then and, I, and I got that. foam this month. Uh-huh. You the got foam. What? The foam was in the box. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> they're all. Oh, wait, now, I'm sorry. There, there, a reaction from you guys today about huh? 2008. Oh, I know. Oh, I know, dude. I'm sorry. It's a little crazy, isn't it? What work was kicking my ass? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, seriously. What the That's hell are you guys nuts. talking You're about? Insane. I sent a PM to you today about 1008. <laughs> I didn't I sent, read it. I sent them a PM uh, today too, but I didn't. I didn't there get you go. Back, so. I was oh, busy. I, I was just glad that wasn't your order for this month. True, true. What I'm referring to, Vince, is I was tabulating um, tabulating my 11 O'Closker ballots, and I thought it would be uh, a good idea to pull in all my uh, books that I got sent from them into right. a file so I could refresh my memory. And uh, I was uh, – DCBS uh, shipped me 1,008 items last year. That's crazy. That's nuts. <laughs> That's nuts, right? It's you, nuts. You need to trim that mainstream stuff. You'd be better off. Not to mention, sure. considering how many things I bought outside of the DC bag. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. So here oh. we are, and and I got a surprise for Mr. Neesman tonight. So oh, really? why don't you why don't you seg into your segment? Well, and and, and I, I will. Uh, I think uh, if you all saw on on Twitter, I had my first taste of the uh, the Yingling traditional lager. I did see that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. You know what? Um, pleasantly surprised. That's a nice. That's a nice little lager. What do you think? We I drink it every day for fucking shits and giggles. <laughs> hey, would, would you? Would, 
With you, Schmoes, I have no idea. You, you know, know, in Chris's like defense, I can, I can take Vince's word on. See, something. yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, if I was well, the only one drinking true, it, yeah, yeah you'd but be like, "Wow, the guy, the guy's been drinking Coors Light." I mean, come on. But um, I, I did have the the Yingling while I was down in Florida. It's all over down there. They uh, um, they seem to be very fond of it. And uh, and yeah, I had had a few while I was watching the uh, the Bears' awesome victory over. Uh, the 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 New Jersey uh, Jets, which was a lot of fun, but um, anyway, we'll we'll get back to that. Uh, the drink roll call, uh, Mr. Wood. What are you uh, sipping on this evening? Uh, I I actually had a yingling not too long ago, but I'm sipping on a Sapporo right now. Really? Feeling? Uh, are you turning Japanese? Uh, yeah. I really think so. Really think step so, up. Yeah. Step up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty tasty stuff. I like this pearl. Uh, Mr. Price, how about you? Uh, same thing I was drinking on Friday when, when, when you guys weren't here. Uh, the uh, Gallo family Merlot. Very nice. And Vince, uh, you, is this my surprise? This you is your surprise. surprise. Okay. I am drinking, uh, from the Abita Springs, Louisiana. The oh, Abita. Ab- Ab- is it Abita or Abita? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abita. Is Abita? how I've always called it. Yeah. It's Abita Christmas Ale. Nice. And, it's Abita and, if you're in New Orleans, but that's okay. Okay, it's Abita. It's, 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 what, it's what? It's Abita if you're in New Orleans, but... Okay. Said the, said the monkey to the chimp. Yeah, I've, and I've I, just called it Abita. And waiting in the wings, I have some Smirnoff, uh, that ice stuff. I got a couple bottles of that. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Oh, my, my stepmother drinks that. That raspberry. <laughs> just I got some Zima for you, too. No, I'm not yeah, kidding. I, I, I always have a, a six or four when she comes, comes to visit. It's tasty. I like I it. I every time I hear about Zima. Um, <laughs> Orville and James for y'all, uh, y- a cat. Ah, y'all, there you y- go. Y- y'all can go to hell. Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you started with the good one. The, it's, so what's the Christmas sale like? I have not had that. It's very tasty. It's very hoppy, too, which I like. Uh, I like hoppy got, beers. Does, does it have like uh, Christmas spices and that kind of stuff? Is there? Let me read the label. Well, sure. Wonderful. Uh, it should be Christmas gift. Should be special. Uh, Doopy doop. Don't have to spend a lot of money. It's a perfect gift. It's always the right color and fits nicely in your hand. We hope it's just what you want. It doesn't say anything about what's in it. Okay. It says it, well, pregnant it, women it, are going to get fucked up if they drink it and don't drive. Is it? Is it dark? Uh, it's not as. It's fairly dark. Yeah, fairly dark. Okay. Not the darkest beer I've ever. It's not a Guinness, but it's it's pretty. It's got yeah. a, a dark amber. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Nice. It's uh had the uh the Anchor Steam Christmas sale, uh several of them this year and it was very tasty. They have a different recipe every year and it was uh it was really, really good. Um I liked it. But um uh I am sipping on uh Christmas present from my uh, my partner in crime, uh, Mr. Brian Salazar. Got uh got me a bottle of uh Blanton single barrel bourbon Ooh. for uh for the holidays and uh I decided to uh to crack it open. Don't worry, Sal, I will drink the rest of it with you. But um it is uh it is a phenomenal bourbon. It is so good. It's one if if you, see, if you go to a bar, it's the bourbon that has the little the little horsey on top. It's got the, the racehorse is the stopper mm. on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's uh it is a wonderful, wonderful bourbon. So uh thank you to my, my good buddy Sal for uh for giving me uh giving me some medicine here cool. for a little while. Speaking mm. of Christmas presents. Mm? Yes. I, I have to thank my secret Santa. Oh. Because uh, oh. 
I had, uh, well, Steel Cable 97 from our forum had me. And if you would like to get it on this Secret Santa for next year, come to our forum. Sign up now, post a little bit, and you'll be ready. It's a uh, forum, no, it's bullpenboltonspodcast.com forward slash forum. Come and join us. So Steel Cable 97 was my awesome Secret Santa, and he loaded me up with actually a bunch of stuff, but one of these items I have been looking for seemingly forever. Hmm. And I have been unable to find it at a decent price. And I got it in my little box here. He gave oh. me, from Dark Horse Books, The Mighty Skullboy Army from uh, Jacob Shabbat or Shabot. I was planning on buying this, never got around to it, gave it to me. Sweet. He gave me B.B. Wolf and the three LPs. Ah, nice. Yeah, ah. by J.D. Arnold and Rich Kozlowski. Can't wait to read that, even Sweet. though Chris liked it. Ah. Two, is <laughs> two issues of Paper Cutter, issue 13 and 14. Awesome stuff. I'll read uh, Jim Ruggs in issue 14. Very nice. Feral Darumple's in there, a bunch of great creators. He also gave me Witchfinder in service of the angels. Oh, cool. So now I can turn my singles onto someone from the forum if they want them. I, I prefer paperbacks anyway, or collected editions. The one thing that he sent me that I already had were he, get, he gave me three issues of the Ennis Esquera Adventures of the Rifle Brigade Operation Bollock. I already had these, but that's okay because they're cool and they're great stuff, and David will probably enjoy reading them. I will re-gift them to David. I'm sure Steel Ooh, Cable nice. would, would enjoy that. Or, or whoever, whoever would like to read them, we can pass them around. But the one thing that really surprised me that I found in this box, oh, my God, I've been looking for this forever, Eddie Campbell's Egomania Issue 2. Ooh. It's the one with the Alan Ooh. Moore interview. Now, mm. the, the majority oh. of What's the interview. What's he been doing lately? Stop. <laughs> Why can we should get to that in a little bit? Ugh, the majority of he's being the ambassador for comics. The, the the majority of the interview has been reprinted in the uh, Disease of Language collection. So I had a lot of the interview, but I still wanted this issue because there's some Eddie Campbell comics that uh, only appear in here. And there's there's more stuff uh, from more that, that wasn't in the Disease of Language book. But this thing sold out like almost immediately. I've been looking for it forever. Like I said, haven't been able to find it. Booyah! It's in my box! It's like, Booyah. yo, how the hell did he know? How did he know? Uh, it's fucking kismet. It, it could be. But it's Alan Moore. God's gift to comics. Uh -huh. So there you go. Not according to Jason Aaron. Yeah. Well, well, before wait, I um, he can suck my dick. Were, were you? Oh, done, were you, were you <laughs> I don't know if you if you'd see him, he might. Um, I you ever, you ever, give, I just want to give a big thank you. I could take to him, Burton, Templar, for sending me an issue of Kerrang magazine. Really? Who's on the front? Yeah. Uh, the front of this issue is Biffy Clyro. What's the month? It is December 11th, issue 1342. It included the 2011 calendar. Oh, neat. Nice. Hmm. By the way, you guys also threw a quick thanks on Friday to Mr. Val Staples. Hell yeah. And uh, I just want to echo yes. that. Those, those cookies were tasty, and I, I do they agree with it. It's very <laughs> good. That was breakfast for me. Yeah, it's wacky that breakfast. you sent us cookies, but I love you for it. Well, that's Val. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The winner of 2010's Best Colorist on oh, the 11 o'clock Oscars. 
true. So uh, what else do we got? You you said something all yeah, Jason, and then you. Yeah, well, all right. So, um, <laughs> okay. So people know that uh, I have a, a a growing addiction to uh, to David's favorite term, shelf porn, oh. uh, high uh, hardcover collected editions uh, of various and sundry. I think I know where you're going. So, <clears throat> uh, people also know that listen to the show that one of my most sought after uh, books uh, has been out of print for a long time. Uh, and it is the, oh, uh, I know where you're going with the this. new X-Men uh, Omnibus, which collected yep. the entirety of Grant Morrison's brilliant run in one almost 1,100-page tome. Don't forget, quietly, quietly. It's a, it's a big well, book. Quietly is one of the artists. Yeah, yes, he was for day and Ivan Rice. Fine, what, was Jimenez. No, no, no. no. Was, was Jimenez. 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 Oh, not Ivan Rice. The, the, um, uh, the guy that... Ethan Van Skyver. Van Skyver, But you're, yeah. you're forgetting about the best artist... Within that, there you go. So go ahead. Um, So anyway, so so as people probably know, that is a book I've coveted, and uh, although I am apt to spend quite a bit of cheddar on comics, uh, I generally uh, am loath to spend uh, more than cover price on collected editions. You know, we're kind of conditioned to get them on sale, but when they go out of print, that gets harder to do. And I've never seen the new X Men Omnibus uh, for less than two hundred bucks, at least since I've been looking for it. Um, so, I, uh, I've been getting a lot of packages in the mail, you know, things I'm buying for people for Christmas, gifts from people, all that good sort of stuff, and I get, I come home, and I see this giant box from Mr. Vince B, and I was puzzled because, uh, we already exchanged all of our awesome, uh, Christmas holiday presents to each other, uh, a week or two before on the air, so I was like, what the hell is this? I opened it up. And inside the box, inexplicably, is a beautimous copy of the new X-Men Omnibus. There you go. <laughs> Whoa. Now, I am baffled because, like, dude, it's 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 insanely awesome. And I don't understand. Like, I was like, did he buy this on my conch? No. I could tell he was smiling through and his And I was like, what did he do? It's too much. Why would he do this? He's going well, nuts. I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly why. So go ahead. Yeah. Y- you have expressed many times... Your regret uh, over not owning that ed- that edition. Yes, it's true. Many many times, both on the podcast and off. And I had a like yourself. I had a, a pretty weighty influx of of books over the holiday season. I got a bunch of books from Beautiful Decay. I got some hardcovers. I recently got the uh, two giant hardcovers from um one I, from IDW the uh Reed Fleming book it's huge yes, it's thick that's awesome and, yeah and i got the ridiculously uh, underpriced the the feral yes. house book on eerie publications so mm-hmm. i i was recently putting stuff on my shelf and thinking you know what it's getting really tight in this one shelf uh, what can i move what can i get rid of and and i looked at the new x-men omnibus and i said i've read that i enjoyed it uh, w- why, what does it matter to me if I own it or not? There's somebody out there, my brother, who would appreciate that a great deal more than uh-huh. I would. So uh-huh. I, I, and when I read that, I took the dust jacket off it. I never read books that have dust jackets with the dust jacket on because uh-huh. they get fucked up, you know? So yeah. I, I, that, that thing was handled with kid gloves. So I figured this belongs to Jason. This is not my book. 
So I, Dude, I it's I. As soon as I opened it up, I, I would say to Beth, I said, "You don't mind if uh, if you sleep on the couch tonight, so I can sleep." This. <laughs> so, but wait. So, so there's a second part of the story, which I don't know if you know, Vince. Hmm. No, I didn't tell him. Okay, I, David knows. All right, so <laughs> this is where it gets. Why really the hell does David know and I don't? And, and know. karmic. Well, you'll find out because right. I pinged David after I opened up your box. It's, well, it's baffling. It is baffling. A few so days before I received your box. Uh-huh. I get a. I check my email, and there is a PM on our forums from uh, Ryan on the forums. Um, now Ryan has sent me quite a few PMs over the years because he too is a big collector of uh, collected editions and uh, original art and all sorts of things. And so, as a as a really nice chap, he's always uh, I guess you know thinking of things that uh, other people might like, and he he seems to spend a decent amount of time. He really is plugged in with. You know, sites like eBay and 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 the auction houses and stuff. So every now and then he'll see something that he knows I've said I've wanted, and he'll he'll be like, "Hey, you know, so and so's Her- you know heritage or eBay's got got this thing f- for sale if if you you know want to check it out." And it's very nice, and and usually it's stuff either I I already own or, or something that's just you know too pricey. I'm not going to buy. So a few days before I got your box, he sent me a PM saying, "Hey, Wood, Half dot com, a seller on Half dot com has." A new X Men omnibus for sale uh, for uh, 135 bucks. Oh no! Really? And I was like, "You're not the proud, really? one, proud owner." So of I was in the car <laughs> heading down to my father's actually. So I eat, ping him back. I said, "Ah, man, you know I'm in a car. I, I can't really do anything about it, but I'll check it out later. Thanks for the heads up." Go on the computer later. Check it out. It's it's gone already. Not surprised because you know these things go quickly, especially for that price. Ping them back to saying, "Hey, thanks a lot for the heads up. You know, but it's already gone. Um, you know, uh, but I really do appreciate. It. Good looking out." Writes me right back. I thought that might happen because you didn't respond to my PM. So I put it in my cart, and I've been waiting to hear back from you. Now that I know you're there, I'm going to let it go in my cart. It'll be there. Ref- hit refresh. So I'm like, "What?" So this dude held this thing in his cart for me for the whole day to make sure I could get it, and I had, and then I, I bought it. So, oh. dude. So wait. So, as of three as of three days ago, I now have two copies of this omnibus. Oh man! No, dude. It's, <laughs> it's so so. It's the fates telling me that we should do something awesome with one of the copies. Don't you think? I don't have it. Oh uh, no! Yeah, you don't. <laughs> oh shit! Host of the podcast, not Ellie. You, you be smirked Marvel too much to to. Actually, you know, I uh, the last time that uh, uh, Tifa had their uh, their their big yeah, clearing out sale, right? I, I picked up all of the uh, the the trades of it. So, but so think for a second though. What are the odds that that I don't own this, and then you send me one, and then within the matter of that week before, I had ordered a copy finally. <laughs> I, th- I think Vince be wanting his copy back now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can- no, no. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That is nuts. That's karma, is what it is. Because you're a good guy. That's what I was telling him. This is exactly what I told him. When I opened up yours and it didn't have like a note or anything, it just was from you. I for a second really thought that I bought it from you on Half dot com, not realizing that you were the seller. Oh shit! (laughs) 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 What are the cosmic fates telling me that I bought something from Vince on Half dot? And and then I went and checked, and it wasn't. It was from some dude and some. I was like, oh, I was like, that is fucking weird. But then you were your your cable was out, so I couldn't get I couldn't get a hold of you to to talk. I should do that though. I should sell some shit on Half dot com. Make some money. So so isn't that baffling? So I have two copies sitting right next to me right now. Look at you. Yours is the nicer copy, though. By the way, of course, it's coming course. from me. I, I don't. That's seen. that's the one he's keeping. He's had a little wear and tear on the dust jacket. 
Well, there you go. I but keep anyway, my shit nice I, and clean. I, I, I am over the top uh, appreciative of, of, of you sending me that, and I've Come actually on. read half of it already. Good. You're my brother. I mean, I had to give it's, it to you. It's so good. It's, it's even better than I remember it. It's really good. Yeah, the Corday um, Phantom X chapters are by far oh, the best. I love Phantom X so much. Oh. <laughs> I actually like the end the best with the Phoenix Egg. I think that's you know, really I cool. I had forgotten some of the stuff. Like, I'd forgotten that they introduced John Sublime in the very beginning of his arc. Yes. Yeah. Sublime's yeah. been all around the Marvel U again, and, and according to Fraction's uh, comments recently, he's coming back again. So, um, yeah, so and, I, I, but I'd forgotten that that was in there. The Zorn stuff, you know, I could do without, but. I like the Zorn stuff. Yeah. It, it's nice so. to look at. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was a pain in the ass reading the annual, though. The the annual that that shows I was up just in the first two issues. <laughs> Son of a bitch! I hate that widescreen shit. Absolutely. Man. You, know, you know, I purged all my Marvel. Well, most of my Marvel books recently. That's one of the books that I saved. That that oh, yeah. new X Men. Oh, the annual. new X Men. Oh, the annual. Yeah. No, the annual. I oh, saved okay. that. Because yeah, it's Ashley Wood. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, isn't it? it? It's landscaped, right? It is landscape, but I don't remember yeah. being. I'm pretty sure it's Ashley Wood. He either he did the no, cover. No, 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 no. It's 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 Lineal. It's, it's yeah, Lineal. it's Lineal U. Yeah, because it's the first time I've. It, I didn't. Re, I didn't know who Lineal U was at the time, and then I was. But oh, did, wow. uh, did Ashley Wood do the cover? He might have, but the is cover that, would would have been in the back you, of the bus. I'm not. Jason, I'm thinking of the wrong yes. annual because there's one annual that I kept that Ashley Wood did. Okay. Um. The uh. The the X Men stuff from uh, from the turn of the decade with uh, like around issue 200, 201 is mm-hmm. when Claremont came back again and yeah. Lanil Yu was the penciler, I believe it was Mark Morales on inks. Have you ever seen those issues? It was like Nightcrawler. Yeah, sure. Was kind of, I, I definitely read them when they were coming out. I don't, I don't remember them though. Okay. Why, this David, I, don't, you, I, don't remember, I don't remember specifically the art. but Are you looking for them, David? I ha- I'm probably looking for a couple. I have like I think 201, 202, because Kitty was out in space and and with the, the double page spread in the in the spacesuit that she's floating in so. space with the big yeah, ship yeah, behind I think, her. I, I still I have. have yeah, I made a mistake sending stuff down, and I I may still have those. So, what number are you talking about? Like around? What no, number? I was just trying to find, like around two hundred, two hundred one, because I I like with the magneto in the ch- in the chains and stuff. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, no, the, oh, the later X Men when 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 it rebooted in the night or, or the second right. adjectiveless X Men came out oh, in the nineties. Oh, okay, okay. When that got up to like two hundred two hundred one, it was Nightcrawler was on the team. Um, you had uh, oh, I, f- I forget the woman's name, but it's, it was they were blue still skinned angel. It was a blue skinned angel. That, um, oh, it was, but the art just looked. You can kind of tell it's you, but it's it's early you, and it's it's so much me. cleaner and and and, and uh, <laughs> it's it's just a, a cleaner look than like his his secret invasion and and even before that and 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 his um the stuff he's doing on the ultimate line it just it looks real mean. I just didn't know if if it's, it's funny because different than new X than 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 that Morrison new X Men stuff. When you yeah. mentioned Claremont, I think of 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 the uh, of when he and Laroca. Uh, did Extreme X Men, and then I, I just happened when you mentioned that I opened up. I have all the uh, Uncanny from that DVD on my laptop, you know. So uh-huh. I opened up to uh, an issue from around that time of Uncanny to see, and uh, it's a Laroca issue. And just p- paging through, it's just astounding how different his his work was. It, back I, then. Know, oh, yeah. I know. It's just astounding. It, it's it's. I miss it. It's great. I'm looking at this. It's yeah. great. 
Eat yeah. a great beast. Wow. Mm. So there you go. Talk, talk I'm, about I'm, um, stuff that, that's hard to find and, uh, and this out-of-print stuff. Man, uh, we were talking about it on the forum. I'm so glad I was able to um, track down uh, the, the Inkle. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. You didn't track one down, Jason? No, because I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I underestimated the, uh, or uh, yeah, I underestimated the demand for this thing. I, I didn't. That sucker uh, just dried up like a, like a. What shocks me is that when I mentioned <laughs> the forum, no one even knew it was coming out, and now all of a sudden, fucking people are tracking it down from ha- across halfway across the country. It's, yeah, it is it's, great. It's not, oh, it's God, it's beautiful. I yeah. mean, it is. It's it's gorgeous, and I'm about uh, I'm two issues into it. So, I mean, if if you're a fan of what dystopian sci-fi stuff, it's it's awesome. It's yeah. it's really good. So, I I've, I think I've quadruple dipped on that. I mean, if I bought this edition, it would have been probably about four times that I have those, and I I had to think about it twice, and I was like, do I really need it again? Uh, I said no, and then I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I do need it again because it's la- it's a a large format, isn't it? The hard yeah. slipcase, yeah, and it's recolored to its. Ah, oh, see, yeah, yeah, and and I and I hesitated, it's, and now uh, I'm going to have to pay uh, more for it if I want. It, I'm not going to do it's it. It's absolute edition size. It's like it, it's just like an absolute edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it'd be, it's great though. Good for you for getting it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I now I have to track down the other stuff because you, you say it's it, it's not the complete um, ankle. It's, no, it's 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 the 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 dark inkle. There yeah. are there's a prequel yeah. that came out from humanoids that lasted, I think, you know, twelve or sixteen. Twelve or sixteen issues. No, <laughs> and and the there's, there's uh, a lot. There's a lot more to the story, and it's all part of what the what the the the, the metabarons. The Metabarons, yeah. The Metabarons of the Jodiverse, and it, which we've talked about. We've talked about um, uh, the Techno Priest before, and that right. ties into this. And you bet. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's some crazy other stuff. I've got a, uh, now I'm on like this big uh, Jodorowsky uh, kick where uh, I'm going to try and track down some of the, the films that he's done. Can you even buy those in the U.S.? There's a huge copyright dispute over over some of his stuff. There, there's a couple available. If you go to Diabolic uh, DVD El, El, with, El a, Topo, with a K. El Topo? El Topo, Holy Mountain, Santa Sangre. Yeah. Uh, Did Jesus, you hear what, why, why, those, why those movies are in copyright dispute or were at one point? Why is that? All right. So... Um, Jodor- this is like 1970. Jodorowsky, um, big time underground, you know, sensation. Um, El Topo is being screened in New York, and one of the big fans of of this movie, and I'm probably misquoting and and, and all that kind of stuff. Go to Wikipedia and 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 read it because Wikipedia is always true. But um, <laughs> one of the big fans of of this Jodorowsky movie is John Lennon. John Lennon. Convinces the um, uh, the owner of Apple Records, and I can't remember his name right off the the top of my head. Michael Jackson. No. Convinces the the owner of Apple Records to finance Jodorowsky's next project, which is was Holy Mountain. Probably after yeah, uh, after like, El Topo, like, probably Holy yeah. Mountain. Yeah. Oh, which is like 1973. Okay, um, so 
um, this, this this stuff is now is now tied up in Apple Records, and um, the the guy from Apple wants Jodor is basically contracted Jodorowsky to adapt another work that is, is some pretty um, uh, you know, masochist and and you know anti-feminist stuff. But Jodorowsky had become kind of a feminist, and so he refused to make it and like left the country, and so the guy ties it up and and basically um, refuses to have the the previous two films distributed uh, anymore. And so that's why it was so hard to find him, I think, until like the last couple of years. Huh. Wow. I yeah, have VHS. It's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy fucking story. Just go go to Wikipedia and read it. It's 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 pretty out there. I have them on VHS, but I, I would love to have uh, DVD versions, and I think one or two of them you can get them through Diabolic. They may be well, they probably are imports. Well, he—I yeah. mean, he had gotten like a—I think it was like a lifetime achievement award at the uh, Chicago Underground Film Festival way back in like 2004, and they were screening both of the movies. And it was, um, from what I had read, they were. Um, uh, during the screening, they they didn't know if it was actually going to happen, or if like, the cops were going to come and, and and crash it and 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 refuse to have them, you know, uh, actually screen the movies because of the copyright bit. So it's mm-hmm. nutty stuff. But, but there there are sequ- mm-hmm. sequences in those movies that are a bit too real, a bit too extreme. Because what the hell is that? I have no idea. When you when you see uh, if, if there's sex or physical contact in his movies, chances are it's real. Because oh really? He, he, yeah. yeah, he demands realism. There have been many actresses that have walked off the set uh, for well, for many things. Just Google Yodorovsky mm-hmm. uh, and, and read up on him. They're, they're, he has a, a long and, and very interesting history. He's yeah. nice. He's an auteur. Oh, yeah, he's a He's an auteur, and yeah. and another auteur. I got a little keep an eye out for you. I'll be brief, but uh, fans of of comics with an X should keep an eye out for this. Here's a question for you. Tell me if you can name the person that said this. Law, if you want better media, go make it. Who said that? Do you know? Hmm. Don't be googling. Uh, One of my idols, Gary Panther, said that. In nineteen yeah, in nineteen eighty in his Roz Talks manifesto, and it just so happens that there's an interview with Gary Panther, which focuses on his uh the association between his style and punk rock and how they, they were made for each other and Pee Wee's Playhouse and the residents and Jimbo and everything good and his light shows. Uh everything good about Gary Panther or if you're interested in Panther, there's an interview with him in the newest issue of Maximum Rock and Roll. It's uh, issue 332, but that's not all. This is the punk comics issue. Listen to the people who are in this thing. You get interviews with Jaime Hernandez. Obviously, if you're talking punk rock, you're going to want to have Jaime Hernandez in your, in, your, in your thing. Gary Panter, Mimi Pond, Ed Luce. There's comics by Avi Spivak, Liz Suburbia, Kaz is in here, John Holstrom. Come on. You know who John Holstrom is? You ever bought a Ramones record in your life? You'll know who John Holstrom is. Uh, Bobby Madness, Dennis Worden, Christy Road, Ben Snakepit, Ted May is in here. 
uh, Jeff Wilson, Janelle Hessig, Craig Bostic, Fly, Alex Ratcharge, Carolyn Paquita, Jamie Crespo, Josh Bayer, Ben Lyon, Liz Bailey's in here. This thing is chock full of comics. It's like four bucks, black and white on shitty newsprint. It gets all over your fingers when you read it. <laughs> it's it's awesome. And um, the 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 Ted May comic is really good. I've mentioned Ted May before. Remember Injury yeah. Comics from Buenaventura? He has a really cool comic in here. Uh, and on and on. It's nuts. But, uh, the Jaime in, interview is really cool because he goes into, uh, you know, the punk rock aesthetic and, and how, how it was just, he, he wasn't embellishing it. He didn't feel like he had to. That was life in, in his locale at the time that he drew those comics. That's how it was. And, uh, it, oh, it's oh, really by the, neat. By the way, um, that was I had mentioned last week I spent, or two weeks ago spent a lot of time listening to that in Florida and it's awesome and it's the song about Love and Rockets so, so let's check out that Lux Row record yeah. Sorry, Chris, you, you a fan of the Circle Jerks? Sure I'm well, not you, actually performing them but the musical <laughs> yes. you know yeah. the, the, uh, well, the there skank goes my plan for C2E2 <laughs> the, the image. If you, if you three want to do what you do, I got no problem. Oh my god! You know the image, the famous image of the skanking punk guy, the dancing guy with the with the 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 jack boots on. You've seen oh, it a million sure. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that image was drawn by someone named Sean Carey. It's a woman, and uh, there's a like a DB Sweeney mystique about this this woman. She created that that image. She did the uh, the mohawk skull image for the germs you know the oh the, yeah 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 oh, that, those are iconic images for yeah, punk that's, rock that's iconic yeah and uh she worked for cartoons and cracked magazine and um she just fell off the map she just disappeared there there's been people saying that you know she's dead no she's not dead i said it's like bigfoot i i saw her you know in the woods in, in new jersey or and, and nobody can can nail this down and there's an, an interesting article about sean carey in here reproducing some of her art some of her cartoons art and you get the i can iconic uh circle jerk skanking dude so i mean this issue is really good it's only four bucks I ordered it online. You can get it for like I think it's like four fifty with the shipping. It's and there's record reviews in here and and you can you know if you're into punk rock, it's it's nuts. You got to get it. Kaz you know, talks this, about uh, his meeting with what? No, no. Richard I was Hell. Just gonna say okay. you're you're. you're <clears throat> I I think people often wonder how how much time we each spend each week reading. Hmm. Lots. So, so what would you say would be your Never estimate? Um, well, see, my time is usually after 10 o'clock, 10 p.m., mm -hmm. because, you know, once the kids and the mom are, are put down and, you know, all the work is done for the day, I get, but I go to bed late, which is stupid because I have to yeah. get up early. So um, all my reading's done late at night, and I get as much done as I possibly can. It so ain't what, easy. Maybe Three to about, four hours, or what, what yeah, do you? about about two two to three hours a night on a good so, night. So ten to fifteen hours a, a week. Yeah, weekends are, are when I really get a lot done. Mm -hmm. I do all my work during the day, and then I have the evenings to right to uh, to read, much yeah. to the chagrin of my my lovely wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How about you guys? Uh, uh, in between, it depends on the week, but in between ten and twenty hours depends on what I can squeeze in. Yeah, I try. I try to do about ten. 
That, yeah. I mean, at, at the minimum, yeah. Will you do that all for the other show? How much? Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who loves you, baby? Who loves you? Come on. I just got to keep going, yeah, on this show, so yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was just the two of you last week. A lot of, a lot of people on the forum be like, oh, it was nice to hear David talk. Honest to God, it is nice. It yeah, is. until I they do, it. and then they move on. So I think we, I think Chris and I stifle David's creativity. No. You too. I don't think anybody can stifle David. He just doesn't want to talk about what you're talking about. That that bullshit. Bullshit. I, 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 Bart, Bart Sears, come on. <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many hours a week do you uh, do you spend? Your- uh, it's about. I would say it's probably. Yeah, I would say maybe fifteen to to twenty. But that's again because I have a commute that you guys don't have. I mean, I have I have you know two plus hours in a public transit each day of the week, which is you know ten to twelve hours in and of itself. So, oh, see, that's multitasking. That's good. I wish you know. I almost yeah. wish I had the commute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, a couple quick notes here before we move on. Uh, the Lutero album is called 1372 Overton Park, and the uh, the, the president of um, uh, Full Records was Alan Klein. Oh, Alan Klein. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, and um, uh, one more Jodorowsky note before we move on. Um, I don't know if uh, many people know this, but before David Lynch, Jodorowsky was the the guy that was going you to bet. direct Dune, and they actually had it all the way to pre-production. Oh, uh, uh, that's right. One yeah, of the and many. One, and, and one of the, uh, the more interesting uh, people that were cast in, in Dune uh, was uh, one Mr. Uh, Salvador Dali. Yep. Really? Who had an asking price of... One hundred thousand dollars per minute. (laughs) (laughs) I love Dolly. I was just I was just looking at something today that uh, uh, maybe it was a blog that they had um, pitches from famous directors who wanted to direct Frankenstein. Uh Uh, One of one of them was David Cronenberg, I think. um, Geez, who the hell else was on there? If I remember it, I'll put it on the forum. BullpenBulletinsPodcast.com forward slash forum. It was really interesting, but I can't remember uh, a lot of them now because my head is full of comic book stuff. What'd you guys read? Oh, oh so God. much. Did anyone? So it was okay. We just talked about average hours. It's like you know, ten to ten to twenty. I know. And I know nobody has anything to say. Over the last, <laughs> I do. Over the, over the last two weeks, I probably read maybe like thirty hours a week. It was awesome. Oh, you said 30. I, he did, but he was on vacation. Because yeah, you're, um, you're breaking oh, up a little you guys, bit. You guys yeah. have, you guys recording around comics this week or something? Uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, See, go have, around, uh, come around. Uh, we're going to have Tony Akins there. So, uh. <laughs> uh, I, I did read, and I am I am happy to say that, as, as Jason and Vince pointed out, in the thread, it does look like last month's issue of Artifacts was the low yes. hiccup so far. Yes, agreed. I was yes. not. I, I, you know, if this, half a bit, I don't nitpick. I was not <laughs> thrilled, and I realize, I realize, you know, it's it's probably on all the back of the top cow books across the board. Last month, I was not real thrilled with because I don't know any other publisher. Maybe maybe it's an image thing. I don't know if Dark Horse does it. I don't know if IDW does it. You finished a book. The fourth issue, you close it, you put it down, you look at the back cover, and there is the ad for the collection of the first act, reprinting zero through four. It is odd. I, I don't know if I had a problem with it, but I found it odd in the sense that 
dude, I, I got I got the fourth issue in my hand. Why am I buying the trade? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. you, you could maybe find another. But it was neat though, as far as the interior house ads that they kind of lined up with whenever, like uh, Magdalena shows up, and you have a uh, you have an ad for her comic. So the way yeah, those that ads was formatted lined really up was, nicely. Yeah, it was it was a neat touch, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely a, a step up from the oh, last yeah. issue, as far as the art goes, as far as the story goes. And you know what? If just going by the two-page origin story of the Blood Sword here, if this is the Wills we pretty much get for the next act, I will be happier with this than what I saw in Uncanny X-Men. Definitely agreed. Man, I'm agreeing with you all over the place. There you like go. A, like a zoo in here. It's true. That's yeah. true. And, uh, but, yeah, you guys, you know, you guys the, went on a, a quite a, a very <laughs> detailed rant about uh, the third issue. And on the forum, David had asked me what I thought. I, I had read it, I guess, a couple weeks before, um, so I had to go back and relook at it. But I have to be honest, when I read it the first time, I didn't notice the Aphrodite thing. I mean, you guys were absolutely right. Uh, obviously, it's it's the same image of Aphrodite on a bunch of pages just blown up in different uh, you know, different uh, zooms. I-, I didn't notice it though reading it the first time though. So I, you know, I mean, f- take that for what what it will. I, yeah. It just, uh, you know, it didn't. Uh, I-, I guess I had such a uh, a schooling uh, after I made that comment a few months ago about <laughs> that stat shot that um, I like the one you you mentioned, Vince, the one where it was uh, the security guards, and then they take the same exact image and they just yeah. change the color. But uh, you know, it's funny. I guess in that case, I didn't have a problem with it because. It really does serve the purpose, right? It's literally supposed to sure. be the next instant the lights go out. So I, um, so right. It didn't. It does serve the purpose, but can we see a little bit of reaction? Yeah, like, like, yeah, that's like true. maybe drop the drop the magazine and look look up or something, or just mix it up a little bit. You know, there's a lot of posing in this book, mm-hmm. in, in, including the 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 other three issues. There's a lot of sort of, you know. No background. Let's look at the characters standing there, looking yeah. daunting. Um, yeah, which. Yeah. Which I think is a little bit of of the flavor. Not that I'm a top cow expert by any stretch, but of the stuff I've read, even like the the Witchblade trades and, and the Darkness trade, it seems like that's just kind of the visual aesthetic that they try and to go with. So I, you know, I, I don't not know. when Cedric's doing it. Um, okay, yeah, I don't he, know if he, I, well, he, no, I read he, his he loads, uh, yeah, he loads his it. panels up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm always I'm always game for the dividing up the sides for a big battle. You know, it's, it's certainly not yeah, a yeah. We got ground. that done at the end of the first mm-hmm. act, yeah, because it was you know everybody was explaining how you know they're, they're they've chosen their sides and this is who's going to go against who. I might I might get a little confused as far as you know, as far as everybody's name is. I, I got an idea as to who is the bearer of which artifact, but as far as what that person's name is, like Nottingham, I'll probably remember. Um, you know, of course, I'm going to remember Sarah and 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 Jackie and 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 the main characters, but some of the other artifacts that I'm not familiar with, I'm probably going to have to pay, flip a few pages back to get yeah. caught up on on who everybody right. is. Yeah. Well, you have to admit, with these kind of things, there's always that formulaic element yeah. to them. I mean, it's kind of hard to throw a huge group of characters together. Uh, especially in a battle and and take sides without falling victim to these little tropes that keep coming up in these big events. I mean, there's so, only there's only a few ways to do it, so you can't right. you know tap them for that. But in in on on the flip side, there are a lot of really big panels. 
Mm-hmm. Do like, you think yeah. that hope is the thirteenth artifact? Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. No. If I mean, she's very powerful. If you saw some of the things she did in Firstborn, you'd be like, "Yow!" I mean, she obliterated it, it's, a it's whole host. Oh, wait, she's got powers. Uh, there yeah, was one it instance. In the, uh, first yeah. Issue. Yeah, they she just that obliterated. The has powers. Yeah, she. There was a whole host of of angels descending on on right. the, the the trio, and she just blinked, and they but were she like Franklin. She was gone. Sense. Yeah, she's right. Okay. Sense. Yeah, no, she hasn't done anything since. No. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yes. So I mean, we have been doing a great service to Top Cog as we talk about their books <laughs> an awful lot. That's true. <laughs> Vince, it's uh, Frank from Boston here. I uh, just wanted to chime in on your discussion regarding the liquidation of many books from your extensive collection. I wholeheartedly agree. Started doing it myself about six months ago. I believe I'm utilizing the same uh, online uh, comics mega store that you are. Uh, I've been finding that getting rid of them is just as much fun as collecting them in a lot of ways. I got to personally, in order to get over the hump of uh, the nostalgic uh, attachment that we all have to these things, uh, I got a 100 to 1 rule, or I'm sorry, pardon me. I got a 10 to 1 rule. I got to get rid of 10 of my crap in order to pick up one gem that they might have. So I'll ship down a hundred books. I'll get a hundred dollar store credit or so, and I'll pick up no more than 10 in return. And I'm getting stuff that I never could afford. Uh, cool silver age stuff. You know, that they might have Strange Tales and Fantastic Four and Doom Patrol. And I'm trading in, you know, 90s copies of X-Men, Namor, uh, you know, some Avengers, and just indie titles, just total, total stuff I'm never going to read again. That's the other thing. I'm 43. You know, I'm looking at thousands of books. When you ask yourself, am I going to read this thing again, given that I might have 30 to 40, you know, 30 to 40 years left of my life, am I going to take the time out to read this run of Darkhold, you know, from the 90s? The answer is, is no, right? There's no sense in keeping this stuff around if you're never going to look at it again. You're doing the right thing. Uh, don't freak out over it. You'll have a great time with it. Uh, anyways, love the show, as always. You guys are the best. Later. Uh, how about this book? Has anybody read Neonomicon number three? Uh, it's sitting on my stack. It's probably like the second or third next to be read. Oh, man. Uh, so I won't say anything because obviously you guys haven't read it, but it's becoming very uncomfortable. Sweaty, the- naked, crazy people. No, that's not uncomfortable. What what what, oh, what, what unnerved? No, it's in three too. It, what unnerved me in this issue that more is blurring the line between 
fantasy and reality because he's pulling real-world instances of H.P. Lovecraft in the media and pop culture, and he's inserting them into the story. And there was one point where I got really uncomfortable, but in a very cool way, because it almost was too real. The situation that, I mean, there was, it was just a bunch of people talking in, in a room, but the things they were talking about was almost as if they were pulled from a message board. Okay. Or, or, uh, like a fan site. Um, Sarah that Palin you, showed up? No, but the, 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 there's, there's one, one character mentions that, that, you know, fucking scary. in their happens. research that they've encountered Cthulhu plushies and there's a Cthulhu role playing game and they're going into this, this whole Cthulhu mythology that exists. It does exist in our real world. And so that, that, that membrane between this fantasy, this, this artistic creation, uh, that's occurring on paper it almost as if it, it, it reached out into the real world it, it, and, and that's scary when when you see the rest of the events of the story it's like yeah this is a little too real but it, what a great issue oh my god and you're whoever re- read that issue is going to tap me because you jason you mentioned stat shots there's one stat shot in it where someone walks towards the main character uh-huh. and the background is exactly the same in all four panels and the figure just keeps getting bigger as it walks towards her so mm-hmm. yeah i'm a hypocrite so it's go. okay in this instance because it's Alan Moore. Vince, do, do your kids have uh, the Scribble Knots game for the DS? Yes, they do. And if you, you know, you can you, create Cthulhu in that. I know. I've told yeah. them many, many times. <laughs> and, awesome, and right? That's Vinny's favorite is Cthulhu. Just yeah. get Cthulhu. He'll save you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, Colin was having trouble with like a T-Rex. So I was like, I'll make Cthulhu. And yep. he was like, huh? So I started and this giant squid evil monster comes and he's like, how yeah. cool is that? So he makes it all the time now. <laughs> I tried to type in uh, Shub Niggerock, but it some, didn't come up. You're going to have some evil, nasty stuff popping up it's in your house now. It's true. Yep. Uh, it's true. So it's a, good, it's a really good issue. It's brutal, but it, it's very good. And nice. uh, it gives you further insight into what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very good. But anyway, I won't say anything. You guys got to read it. Yeah, for all sure. Cool. So what did you read? You collectively. Come on. So much. Say that so we don't hear anything. What? What? <laughs> you keep saying, I read so much. much. I've done all I this. Suck, okay. Oh, I I, okay, I will. I, in order. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, hope, He's hope getting all verklempt. Savages, uh, The Extraordinary, Extraordinary Adventures of a Double Sec, Sweet Tooth Volume 2. Uh, how to understand Israel in sixty days oh, or yeah. less? Orkstein, Granville, Monmoor, wow. um, wow. uh, and all one hundred issues of a hundred bullets. That is wow. quite a lot. That's that a chunk. A that is. And yeah, I'm, I'm leaving things, and I, honestly, I'm leaving things out. Wow. So, what, what of that do uh, do? Would you like to regale us with? What was the um, best? What was the best out of all that? Oh, hundred bullets. Yeah, hey, I, you know, I knew he was going to say that. I, I had I had read it before as it was coming out, and you know I would keep up with it monthly, and then I'd let you know a couple of story arcs stack up and go back and read them, and, and so it was this you know like seven year um, you know love affair with this series, and when it was done, yeah, I was excited about it, and and I felt full and and you know very um, you know very fulfilled 
with what it was, but I said, you know, I really at some point want to go back and read this whole thing again. And I think, you know, each one of us and and probably everyone listening has different series where they're like, one day I'm going to go back and I'm going to read the whole thing in, in one shot. And yep. there's, you know, there's a lot of series out there that are that are worthy of doing that. Whether it's you know Sandman or Sin City or you know the first hundred issues of a Fantastic Four, whatever it is. And so I'm like, okay, I've got four days before I have to go back to work. I'm gonna do this. And 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 I sat down and read, a, you know, a, average about 25 issues a day. And uh, uh, to go back and read that series beginning to end and and instead of waiting a month in between issues just go right to the next one and and, and just like consume this whole thing I mean, it was it was a monumental achievement to to think about you know a a, a singular creative team doing 100 issues of a series that had a singular vision to it and and, and, and and obvious plan from the first issue you know and I, and I think that, that that those that those folks that did it, you know Azarillo and, and, and Rizzo especially but but I think there was as soon as as um, pen hit, hit paper on issue one I think that there was a plan in what that last panel on the hundredth issue was going to be and, and to see that take place over 100 issues was pretty amazing and you know it's it's one of those books that falls right into my wheelhouse you know it's 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 hard-boiled you know noir influenced crime and it's you know conspiracy theory and and just a, a lot of what i like in my entertainment but it was um it it's 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 awesome I mean, it's really awesome, and and one of the things that 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 struck me, and, and I know that um, not everyone likes it or gets it, but Azarillo is able to capture so many different voices in that. We read so many series. It's like you know, you read a uh, uh, you know superhero comic X, and and some of the voices may may vary here and there, but in Hundred Bullets. You're going from, you know, uh, aristocrats to street-level thug to, you know, degenerate gamblers and waitresses and and uh, government agents and cops and it's it's like all of these different personalities and walks of life that you know it's it's very much an American tale, um, uh, but it does come into Europe in parts of it um it's like all of these different parts of the country from LA to New Orleans to New York Chicago and, and all in between and you never feel for a second that it's not accurate to what these people would be like you know as 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 crazy and and, and off the reservation as they may be they're all believable and it's the the entire story is you know, to, to tie that many 
plot lines and that many characters together was amazing. Now, I still have a million questions about character motivations and why this character did this and why this person felt this way about these people and, and whatnot. But, yeah, it's it's been in my brain ever since I finished it. I, 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 I really, for me, it was, for me, it was the the best series of the last decade. And it's not the second time you read that either. You read that probably about four times all through, right? Oh, you know, yeah, you know, it's uh, probably, you know, I would try and read it monthly, and there are several arcs that I've gone back and read multiple times, um, some that I've only read once. But, yeah, I've read I've read some of, I've probably read the, the first the first arc, I've probably read it ten times now. Um, you know, the Counterfeit Detective is one of my favorite arcs, just because it's a it's a great noir influenced um, story. And there are some arcs that I I read once, and you know, and it's like, yeah, okay, not my not my favorite, and and you know, glossed over on, on the on this last one. Um, but yeah, all told, I've probably read it probably three three maybe four times now. Cool. It's it's awesome. It's your I mean, book. It's, it's it's awesome, J- Jason. I know that you you shotgunned a lot of them this year. I read the whole thing this year. Yeah, okay, for the first time. It, okay. Yeah. Now yeah, it was uh well I re- I read the first uh the first trade back oh, almost for when it first came out and uh mm-hmm. and uh didn't read any after that and then I went back and read the whole thing uh, this year and uh, I will talk about that at a future date. Put it that way. Okay. Oh, hmm. but I I have I've have, I've have two two questions. Okay. Who's your favorite character? Um, I would say the most the character I find most interesting is is Lono, but but I, I don't know that I'd say favorite because I don't want to convey that I think he's. It's not like you know I don't. Um, I mean it's really an ensemble, but he probably I find the most fascinating because he was so unbelievably capable of sadistic pleasure, you know, evil, but yet kind of unexpectedly, at least for me, relative to the rest of their motivations, turns on a dime and becomes an unbelievably capable, um, you know, leader. Uh, or, or at least, uh, or, or certainly there's a lot more depth to his uh, machinations than what we're led to believe in the beginning, where we think he's just basically a sadist who just takes pleasure in other people's pain. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's not dumb. Um, yeah. Right? Um, so, I mean, I'd say him, but, but I mean, really, I think what makes that book astounding is is that every character is so so fascinating um sure. and and distinct i mean for you know the i think visually riso the, the minutemen yeah. especially when they're wearing their suits are all not all that dissimilar looking but but their characters and, and the journey you're taking on before you all see you see them all in that that sort of reservoir dogs-esque get up um you know is is unmistakable so um yeah, I, I, I guess I'd say Lono. How about you? Yeah, um, I ended up being a huge Wiley fan. W- Wiley is a character that um, I, I really fell in love with. Um, by the by the end of it, though, I, w- I was surprised because I at uh, at one point in the book, I, I hated Jackie. I mean, just I didn't like that character. Um, I, I didn't like Jack at all. And by the end of it, I mean, I I actually found myself rooting for him mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, so I was surprised by that turnaround and how I felt about that character. Um, 
but but yeah, Wiley was probably my favorite character in the series, and um, to not give any any spoilers away, um, um, it, it was um, uh, yeah, it was it was it, it became very very hard at certain points of that series to not you know throw down books. God damn it! Sure, um, but. Uh, that was uh yeah that was a character that i that i really found myself liking quite a bit mm-hmm. um the second question and this is one that's kind of been bugging me is the relationship between graves and 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 dizzy mm-hmm. i she is such a pawn of his or you're led to believe that she is such a pawn in his master plan. I mean, throughout the series, it kind of alludes to that. But they're they're kind of approaching the end game. He shows almost a a fatherly love for her, where he is he is truly sincerely concerned for her well being, and and is uh, uh, really almost fatherly in his affection to her and that's something that I it's not that I didn't understand it but I want to uh, you know I want to understand more of why he was like that with her uh yeah I mean I don't know that we're ever given any insight into that um you know he he I guess I took it to be that uh you know he afforded himself this one um moment he, this one person he truly cared about in sort of the end game but i i, yeah, I don't know if that's relevant meant meant for that beyond that it just seems that you know i mean sort of at the end when he again i don't want to spoil anything for people but you know but there's i mean he pretty clearly when he's cradling her obviously mm-hmm. cares for her uh so I, I i there has to be more to it than that but i i never yeah, i guess i never really thought beyond that that just for some reason you know, he he took to her um, in a way that he hadn't other people. But it's hard to say because he spent his whole life uh, manipulating everybody to such a degree that you wouldn't even almost think it humanly possible to to do what he did. So I, I you know, maybe there was more to it than that. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you one thing: if I ever get to meet Eduardo Riso, the motherfucker's mm-hmm. drawing me a, a pinup of uh, of Megan. That's all I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love. Oh, Megan is. Uh, I. Oh, she is uh, definitely one of my favorite. Sexy, sexy female characters in comics of all time. She, she's another interesting one. Whenever she um, d- decides through some urging to, uh, the, the character gets um, shot in the chest, and I mean her sexuality. I mean that that's her weapon, and now she has this this scar on her cleavage and. When uh, uh, it's the uh, uh, the head of the other house, the main house, uh, what can I not think of his last name? The Medici's. The Medici's, yeah. Uh, he uh, convinces her that that she needs to not cover the scar up, but to show it off because it's like you know they came after me, they tried to kill me, and I'm here, and it's and it's right here on my chest. Why why I'm gonna kick your ass? And uh, it's such a such a great a great scene in that in that series. But yeah, she's all sorts of hot. She I mean she is the femme fatale of that oh, yeah. book. And, oh, and, to- and totally, totally the opposite of Dizzy. I mean, it is Megan yeah. and, and Dizzy juxtapose each other so much in that book, and it's uh, it's 
but uh, oh god, so many. You know, thoughts. it's funny the 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 one the one qualm I have with the book, and it's a minor minor one. I love the book, I but it, but the one thing I guess I didn't feel was as easy to buy into is. Um, is the 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 original Minutemen are all such badasses, uh, oh, yeah. just just such fucking just cold hearted badasses. As are most of the, the the members of the trust that were introduced to in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dizzy's certainly a badass, but I, I thought that her and Loop were. I just had trouble really thinking that they were on the same par. And admittedly, they're newer, so they wouldn't yeah. be as polished. They have to get that experience. They're just becoming Minutemen, but I just never really found them to be as intriguing as as the other guys and maybe it's because again they they were new and and, and so they they didn't have as much depth to them but but i i kind of well, was rooting at the end for dizzy and loop to just get fucking capped i was really well, like, wow. you know, you know dizzy you know i think dizzy would have made her way into that and she was on her way and dizzy was a badass um I was talking about at work, and obviously I've been talking about this you know, a lot this week because it's been in my head. And he's just like, you know, Luke was never supposed to be there. I mean, Luke was there because of his dad, and yeah, yeah. and and he and he comes to that realization at the end. He's like, you know, fuck this, I'm out of here. You know, it's like this is right, right. This, this is not my scene. Uh, I thought Luke was a hilarious character. God, he was he was comic relief uh, at times in that series when you really fucking need. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he, he's uh, Loop is the um, it's like in the Looney Tunes cartoons where you have the bulldog and then you got the little little lap dog that's jumping around. <laughs> and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which way, boss? Loop was like that to Lono. You know, he was the he yeah. was the uh, I'm down with whatever, boss. Let's just go do things. You know. Yeah, but 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 a great character. I wish that. I mean, that's one thing we saw. We saw flashbacks or one flashback really to his dad. You know, Mister Hughes, and I. I, I want more of those stories. I want I want stories of Graves and Hughes going around fucking with people. Right, right. Uh, it's you know, God, there's you know so much, so much built up backstory in that that I would love to see more of. But uh, you know, it's, I, I guess that's the uh, the mark of a of a great series is that you know even with you know uh, such a climactic end to it. You're still left wanting more, and you're like, "Oh, I'd love to see you know more backstory on these characters. I want to know what mm-hmm. happened to these people afterwards." It was, um, yeah, you know, it's it, it's a pretty unique case of comics. You know, I, I don't know if we'll ever see you know a hundred self-contained issues by the same creative team again with that kind of vision, you know, and that's why. You know, for me, it was it was my favorite my favorite series of the last decade. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I mean, shit, I may go back and read it again. It was awesome. Yow. Yeah, bam. Hey guys, this is Greg LeClaire from Toronto, Canada, calling. Greg One CA on the forums. I just wanted to call and let you know how much I've been really enjoying the show lately, especially like the last four or five episodes. In my mind, you've probably done over a hundred shows, and you just keep getting stronger and stronger. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, some of the more fanboy talks the last couple of weeks. That rogues gallery kingpin debate really had me in stitches walking down the street. I'm really looking forward to the next installment of Artist Spotlight, and I'm really hoping John Buscema or Ross Andrew get their segment soon. Anyway, just called to quickly say I appreciate everything you guys do, and I really wanted to thank you for establishing such a, a great and welcoming forum. I love checking in every day. And for the record, although Bruce probably does have the more classic Rose Gallery, I'll always prefer Peter's. Take care, guys. Cheers. 
All right, Ben Bolton boys, take it over. <laughs> let's hear some from <laughs> from David. We we did do oh all right see since um okay <laughs> I read, right, right, oh, before, going in. No, right right uh, right before we recorded I uh, I was I I finished I finished the first volume of Pluto but I was going through what else came in the um the DCBS box and I pulled out which I believe this was. The eleven o'clock comics, comic of the month winner. During that poll, um, I John oh. Burns next met number one. Yes, oh. yes. Let's talk about it. Oh boy! I, I, I don't spoil because I didn't get to read it yet. Don't go. Okay. I won't. I won't okay, spoil well, because there's nothing to spoil is... if you've read if you've read next Men in the past. There's nothing to spoil. Okay, so yeah, it, was, because... it was a lot of recap. Oh yes, yeah. um, mm. and it was, and I, <laughs> yeah. I left. I I left next men early on. I think I remember Sandy seducing um, Sprint Danny, and and I remember. Um, I think that's kind of where I I left it. It was it may I don't even know if I went beyond a year with it but I, there, there were a lot of things going on some of it was the art some of it was the lettering where he the lettering is much better in this issue than it was in like past next men issues or Ur's wonder woman run um i did actually i i must have been tired because th- th- there's one part where um where someone says readjust but the way it's lettered i read it as read just immediately and i was just like that makes no fucking sense and i had to keep rereading it until i realized <laughs> you're saying readjust. um but uh you know, I, I knew who the characters were. Their personality was a little off and, and you find out why as as you read it. Just from what I remember, their personality was a little off. But you get you get a recap. Uh it's you know, it's I guess it's it's a panel or two per arc or, or things like that. How, how long did the first series run? Like thirty something issues? Yeah. Longer than that? Yeah, the mid mid to late thirties, yeah. Good run. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know. Oh, I, I think no. I think after they became superheroes is when um, is is when I stopped. But yeah, because I don't remember them going to prison or, or getting you know being charged with with murder. So um, a lot of it was just me getting you know it's it's not a reimagining, it's not a reboot. It's it's more or less. It, it seems like it's picking up where <laughs> you yeah, a little bit. It's, like it's, oh, it's, it's 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 picking up where the last series ended, except the last page kind of makes me go. I think I want to find out where they're going with this, but I just I have as 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 big of a John Byrne fan I am, I have a real hard time getting into the next man. I don't know if it's because the way they look. I you know I mean with with Scanner and those. Fucking eighties glasses and and, and, and and brawn with the whole get up. Oh, I know with the metal, just, the fucking and, cybernetic and, stuff around yeah, his face. And, yeah, and, and sprint with the, I, it's cool. Hey, you know, overdeveloped leg muscles. Yes, it makes sense. Why wouldn't he be so bottom heavy if he runs fast and and he uses those muscles? But his his whole outfit because you know he likes superheroes and he wants to look you know garish. You know, it 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 just I can't 
Tony's the only interesting character, and and it's because she's like the only normal person, more or less, in this gang. And I don't, uh, unlike, I'll have to check my orders to see if I did order the second and third issues. But I'll, I'll put it to you like this: unlike Halcyon, I'm not about to email Zach and say, "Hey, could you fill in what I made?" <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if I can find, if I can find the issues, maybe I'll, I'll I'll keep going with it. Or if I can find the older issues or, or whatever collections are out there, maybe I'll give it a second chance. But I, I know this is this is Burns' baby, and this is his his thing. No one else's, and and it's you know I, I'm I'm all for that. I, I'm a support you if if I if I like what you're doing. But I mean, if 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 it's if this is what you want to put. All your energy to, you know, definitely. I'm I'm all for that. You know, that that that's where you want to devote your time, that's cool. But I kinda also have to enjoy it and I I didn't. Is is really the only thing I can I can kinda say right now. I, I hope I you know, I hope you see things in advance that maybe kinda make me want to give it a second chance or, or or turn me out to something I may have missed, but maybe part of it is because I did leave Next Men so long ago before it finished. Mm-hmm. But this is not making me go, ooh, I, what was I thinking when I left? Right. Well, here's my thing about it, right? It's like, <laughs> so the first series ran, I think, 31 issues, right? And then there were some other, like, one-shots and things and stuff. So, <laughs> like, I'm curious to hear from people that had no prior experience to Next Men reading that first issue if they realize that that was effectively a recap of all that happened before. Because... It doesn't necessarily read that way, right? It, it reads as though you're getting a vision into what's happened to these characters in the past. But right. I would think if you didn't know what Byrne had done in the past, you would be thinking, like, there's no way all these different things happen to these people. You know, In 30 issues, me? right? I mean, because fucking a lot of different – I mean, and it's weird because there's a lot of sex in it and there's rape right. in it. And it's like, you know, they, they, people get superpowers if they bang the next men and it's like – You know, what really bugs me is that Shotgun. This, was, this was just <laughs> one – this was just one person's account right, of right. what went on yes. in the previous series. And, and it's like I – that – so, if 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 any other character was 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 dreaming or was asleep, you know, maybe that story would have been more interesting for me to read. Well, that's one of the things Byrne did with the original series. He played with the perceptions of the reader because a lot of the events that happened in early on in the series was because of that that uh, suspended the animation reader? thing, oh, okay. that cha- that chamber that they were in, where they thought all that stuff was going on. Well, that's what right. happens in this book. They, they stay yeah. a week up from the chamber. That, that's what it starts off with that. They, so the whole out. original series was all all taken place? No, in the- that's the thing. They, they wake up from the chamber, and then Jasmine still basically, like, she hasn't, even though they're all out of the chamber now, like, Jasmine is still basically, um, like, mental she still thinks she's like quote you know in the whatever you want to call it the matrix or whatever uh, and they're trying to like break her out of it but then then there's a lot of questions as to what part of it did actually happen what part was in their minds if it was in their minds how do they all remember it that way that's cool uh, um, like, it, like it sounds i'm making it sound a lot cooler than it reads <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, as i said on the forum burn as i said on the forum and as i said in when i talked about the star trek arc burn if you like burn's art if you're a huge burn fan like many of us were in that era i still think he visually as a storyteller has the chops i mean i think he can still 
put pencil to page and and tell a story visually. I don't think he's lost that. Um, I, I know I've seen some people say they think the art looks dated. I guess again, it's just sort of your perspective. I, I it, to me, it looks like burn. So that, it that does, that's yeah. fine by me. Um, yeah. And I can see that it might look dated because as, as David alludes, the the thing I think where Pern maybe goes a little skew here is that he draws the characters and the scenes and the hairdos kind of like the Alan Davis thing where it's sort of in that same 80s look. So, uh, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, especially if you're a younger reader, I could see that might be a little off-putting. Um, but I just I, – I don't know if it's because you can't go home again or maybe because I wasn't that into X-Men when it was coming out in the first place. But right. I, just, I just felt reading this, it was like – just kind of like how I felt when um, DC brought Warlord back. It just felt so dated. It just didn't feel contemporary. And and look, I read old comics all the time. We just got you know I, I I'm, I'm that I love. So I don't want it to say like oh, I don't want to read old books. It just felt like something that was produced in the 80s, you know, wow. or the early 90s. Well, I can't um, wait to read it now. Yeah, it's I like, know, didn't yeah. they try to come out with a new Knight Rider TV show a couple years ago? <laughs> yeah. They did, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. Woman, too. You know. True, it, that was bad, too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, at the time, it's awesome, but... But the Battlestar Galactic was hotness. Well, yeah, it's, you know, Doctor Who. It, you know, well, sometimes you can't, can't get it right. Yeah, but so, this is the original character, or the original creator. It is. So, right, so that lends is. something uh, to it. Come on. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes I think Byrne has become uh, a perfect example of uh, he lives in his own, you know, vacuum. And you know, at some point, and I'm uh, you know, a huge Byrne fan. I'm a huge Byrne fan. Um, and, and, we'll, and we'll always... Really? But, I'm getting uh, images I, of the I, rain, I, man. Huge Byrne fan. Huge. At some point, time stopped for John Byrne. And... And there's just this little pocket universe that he lived right. in, and you know what? But that's okay. That's okay. It yeah. is. It is. And, and I would imagine uh, that, judging from some of the reactions I've seen, if you were a big fan of Next Men at the time, you probably enjoy this because it does Absolutely. pick up right where that left off. So, if you're nostalgic for that, um, probably your cup of tea. Uh, for me, um, I, just I'm with David. I, I didn't. I didn't read the first issue. Going, wow, that's a you know, piece of crap. I mean, I, again, I thought it looked like burn, and I, that's always a good thing. Um, but I read it, and I was like, Oof, I, it's the storytelling, the, the script, the the the." I, I personally felt it was a little bit of a hot mess. So I I, mm. I have no compunction. I have no desire to pick up subsequent issues. Um, you you can uh, say you can attribute the pocket universe to a a nice number of creators. I mean, oh, sure, Jerry Claremont. Ordway hasn't changed over the years. Claremont, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bart Sears hey, has you know, though. I, I, He's drawing no, good I, I, now. I, 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 I mentioned far just because it, it's it's a it's Stop. a natural it's a natural <laughs> for for people that were the best at what they do that whenever they hang on and and don't you know gracefully ride off into the oh. sunset. That reminds me of something, Chris. What's that, David? Did you read the first issue of the new Wolverine book? No, with, no, no. With, What's it with called? Rip? The, the Charlton, uh, the Charlie Houston and uh, Rip. Yeah, the best there is. The best there is. Yeah, no. Not the best there is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's art by Juan Jose Rip, your boy from like Avatar. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and written by Charlie Houston. Your boy from. Oh boy, humana, humana, humana. <sighs> is it bad? Oh, dude, I don't think that describes it. 
Oh, snappage. But, it, but it's as ripped. Much, as, much, it, as much junk as Houston got for Moon Knight, Moon Knight's a Pulitzer compared to this thing. Oh, shit. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't have bought it anyway, even though it is ripped. So. Why didn't you buy it? Because it's Wolverine. I don't oh, you it. wouldn't have bought it. No, I wouldn't buy it, no. Yeah, no, no. How about a segue? Let's do it. All right. Yeah, one of the things I did buy... And awesome. it's and uh, it's from IDW, and I think you know for all the people that do pay attention to IDW, I think the real hotness over there is in their archival reprint series. They do the world very nice stuff. Specifically, when helmed by Craig Yo, Craig Yo does a lot of great Yo. books. Yeah, I mean, he, he he was responsible for the art of Steve Ditko, that uh, classic. They do them in the Bloom County. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, but that's Abrams. But it's but it's but it's published no, by IDW. Yeah. It's oh, IDW. you mean this? Yeah. 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 IDW. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, Yo is uh, he did the Milk Gross book, that uh, classic Crazy Kids comics book, uh, the, Dan DiCarlo's the Jetta. Book, right. Right. Um, I think did so. He, he, he also let's see. Uh, I don't know about the Kurtzman book. No, I think that the Kurtzman book, I think, is either Chronicle or Pantheon. Okay. But but uh, I bought w- the first of what I hope is going to be a really long-running series. It's called The Chilling Archives of Horror Comics. And, and Volume 1 focuses on Dick Briefer's Frankenstein. Wow. I mean... It, cosmetically visually this book is stunning they went all out on the production values of this thing the front cover has spot varnish all over the place not not just on on the, there's a a uh, portrait of frankenstein's monster on the front and uh the text is spot varnished the masthead on the top is spot varnished but it's uh Revert like there's black text on bl- a bloody uh, kind of uh, blood drops, but the black text has no spot varnish on it, so it's just the blood. It's really sharp, and it's die cut too. The uh, the inside front cover. See, Briefer did three different versions of the Frankenstein monster, so you have the grotesque, savage, horrific Frankenstein monster on the front, and his eyeballs are cut out. And when you open the, the front cover, it's the comedic version of Frankenstein, somewhere between a cross of Pee Wee Herman and Jerry Lewis, like a monstrous version of the mutant offspring of Pee Wee Herman and Jerry Lewis. But where the eyeballs fall, that's where the hole in the die cut's cut. It's really neat because you you look at it and you're thinking, okay, it's the horrific version. You open it up and the eyeballs don't change. And there's spot varnish on the inside front cover. That's expensive shit to do. I mean, I could see the front cover, but on the inside front cover, on the first page, that's nuts. And it, it's all archival, heavy stock paper. Uh, have any of you uh, read anything by Chip Kid? You know um, sure. how how Chip Kid kind of tones the paper uh, on the on the vintage reprints. All the paper here is like creamy aged looks like creamy aged paper. It's really well done. There's spot varnish on the inside inside back cover a painting of uh the frankenstein monster by briefer more in the universal uh vein and on the back cover there's a full headshot of briefer looking like 
Big Daddy Roth with the white slick back hair and the Van Dyke beard and mustache. And that has clay uh, spot varnish on it. It's crazy the lengths they went to to produce this book. No expense spared. And it's only twenty one ninety nine for, I will tell you the exact page count, hopefully, like 150-some pages. That's That's very economical. Yeah. Any of you ever encountered Briefer's Frankenstein? No. Can't say that I have. Ooh, you got to change that. Um, the meat of the book are reprints of his actual comic work. That That's the lion's share of the book. But you get a really uh, well-thought-out um, intro by Craig Yo that details Briefer's early days in the industry uh, and with his time working at the Eisner and Iger Studios. Uh, his run-in with Bob Kane. Bob Kane tried to convince him to come on over to D.C. where he would get a higher page rate, and he didn't want to do it. Uh, and this, that story's in here. Uh, he worked for Stan Lee at Atlas Comics. Well, then Atlas Comics. Uh, it goes into his political leanings and the various uh, pseudonyms and blackballing that resulted uh, in his uh, political affiliation. Uh, of course, his fascination with Mary Shelley, the novel, and uh, he did three takes on the Frankenstein monster in uh, Planet Comics in 1947, I guess it was. Let's see the exact date here. Uh, December 1940, listen to me, in, in Prize Comics number seven was the first take, and that was a... What you would think of when, whenever someone says the Frankenstein monster, the images that that conjures, it's, it was in line with what Mary Shelley did in her novel. And he, uh, would put on the, the splash page of every story suggested by the classic of Mary Shelley. It's a very brutal, bloodthirsty monster who hates Victor Frankenstein for bringing, for giving him life and sets out to not only make Victor's life a living hell, but to destroy humanity in the process. It is crazy stuff. Uh, there are giant alligator monsters that Victor whips up to kill Frankenstein. Frankenstein throws people off buildings. Or Frankenstein's a monster, sorry. Throws people off buildings. He breaks their back. He leaves trails of dead wherever he goes. He climbs the Empire State Building and pulls people out of the, the uh, torch and just flings them to the ground. Just kills people left and right with under the uh, in the hopes of pissing off Victor and making his life a living hell. He won't kill Victor because he wants to see the bloody carnage that he's going to create in his wake. It's it's really cool. But then in um, Frankenstein number one from 1945, Briefer does a, th a th uh, 180 and he makes Frankenstein a comedic character. He uh, streamlines the art to the point where it's it's uh very very brushy but he doesn't uh there's very little in the way of the classic golden age type art where there's you know lots of panels per page it, it's very much in line with the quote funny books of the time all the characters are very well designed and exaggerated and and uh in in every instance of, of Frankenstein's monster, Briefer stuck the nose way up high between the eyes. It's a really strange way of doing it, but that's what he's been identified with. Whenever you see a Frankenstein and the nose is like between the two eyes, that chances are very good Briefer drew that. But so it becomes comedic 
in in 45 where this mad scientist is bored he's got nothing to do he's looking for a way to plague humanity and mary shelley's book falls off the shelf and he's like okay i'll create my own monster and so that's the way the second wave of briefer frankenstein's more comedic more lighthearted and funny um works were inspired by mary shelley but it actually inspired the mad doctor in this in the stories it's really cool he gets hooked up with a a shrew of a woman who tries to make him do her bidding there's wacky human animals called what's the name of them i want to get it right they're called mananimals there's like a a woman with the body of a deer a, uh, an old lady's head on a snake it's it's you you would swear it's like from the dc silver age it's just off the wall craziness there's a woman who bends men's will wills to hers because she's so hot but Frankenstein doesn't get bent to her will because he has earplugs given to him by the by this woman who thinks he looks like Leif Erikson and she dresses him up in like a Viking costume. So so Frankenstein goes back to New York in a, a Viking what do they call them skiffs boats you know the boats with the dragon heads uh, on the on the front and the the big tails mm-hmm. in the back like a Frankenstein's monster you know paddling a Viking boat it's insane. And there's this crazy cast of like undead and vampires and werewolves that hang around with Frankenstein's monster. It's it's nuts. But then he did another 180 in 54, 53, 54 around there, and he made the monster more horrific again. Because if you if you know your comics history, late 50s the monster craze just swept America. Everything was, you know, the Universal Monsters hit big, the monster comics were real big, Uh, so he made the monster horrific again, and even streamlined his art even more, where a lot of it looks like it came from a Marvel comic. Briefer was a hell of a penciler, and uh, I think his work in the the later stages, uh, early on it's kind of clumsy, but like clumsy golden age um, qualities are still better than than a lot of uh the more sure-footed attempts we see today but so he refined his penciling along the line he wrote these things too so he's he was like the all-in-one comic book creator back then and uh you could you can actually see the progression of his art from the early stuff to the time up until he did the the third change he, he becomes one hell of an artist uh kurtzman-esque in a lot of spots the, the his command of of uh, sequential art it's really cool and uh so you get all that uh there's obviously the uh eventual frederick wortham invasion when they started the comic book witch hunts completely destroyed uh briefer's career because he was working on frankenstein right. and horror and horror comics were became a taboo so he had to do something else and uh he went into uh, advertising art, but he was still doing commissions for, um, the, I guess, uh, well, well-to-do comic fans. Among them, uh, Don Glute, oh, nice. comic, ah. comic, comic and prose writer, Frankenstein historian, the trailblazing filmmaker, and a hell of a guy. Uh, Don Glute has two paintings in here. That are amazing. Uh, uh, Briefer reworked his original covers for the prize comics and later the Frankenstein yeah. comics. And he did paintings of them. They're unbelievable. The Side color. Note. Side note, I got the uh, first Vampirilla archive. Oh, and yeah. Like, 
80% of those stories are Don Glute stories. Hell yeah. 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 And, and Archie, well, no. I don't think Archie... No, they're Don Glute stories. Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. Almost all of them uh, um, were, were Don Glute. Which I thought was interesting. Chicago you, and Don Glute. I know, and Don Glute's going to come up again in a couple seconds because right. <laughs> you, you get you get his um, his stillborn attempts at a Frankenstein syndicated strip, and you get visual and prose admiration of Briefer by John Crickfalusi. David, who's John Crickfalusi? Oh man, Ren oh, and jo- oh, 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 yes, thank you, yeah, John Ken, Ren and yes. Alex right. Toth. Uh, admired Briefer so much, he would do little doodles of of Briefer's uh, Frankenstein monster. Um, who else? And uh, again, Don Glute pops up a lot in this book because I don't know if you know this. Glute is like a Frankenstein archivist. He 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 has oh. written written extensively on on Frankenstein and the Frankenstein monster and for all the information that this book lacks because it's really an appreciation of Briefer's art and writing so the introduction is just bare bones it does the job it sets up the picture and then Craig Yo throws all of this great Briefer artwork and storytelling at you if you would like to know more about Dick Briefer Don Glute has a hell of a chapter in a book called the comic book book it's from uh, Krause Publications, the people that spit out the comic spires guide every month that nobody reads. Uh, <laughs> Glute has an amazing, amazing chapter in here where he details the comic book history of uh, Frankenstein Monster. And one of the highlights of that is the, uh, Dick Briefer. He goes into extensive detail on Dick Briefer. So. Cool. I'll tell you, this book is fantastic. It's going to be hard for me not to throw that at least into consideration for my 11 o'clockers. It's just okay. a magnificent, magnificent book. you got to see it. But it's Golden Age stuff. If you don't have an appreciation for Golden Age stuff, even even better if you don't get it, because maybe you will after you read this. It's just awesome storytelling. It's lighthearted. Well, the funny parts are. Uh, the other stuff is typical horror comics. They're really well done. Uh, not especially scary, but they're of the time, you know? Not, it's not EC. It's not bloodthirsty stuff, where right. you know, or, or ghoulish or garish and and uh, real visceral stuff. It's it's almost as if Frankenstein is a villain along the lines of say Doctor Doom, you know, really cool stuff. IDW's put out great books. Yeah, they're yeah. doing a nice job. They are. Their archival collections are top notch. And um, uh, Andy Schmidt uh, penned something on his blog this week. Um, very honest look at the uh, current state of the industry and what would happen if uh, the uh, much-rumored Borders uh, uh, stores go out of business, what it would mean for comics publishers in the near term and the longer term. And, um, yeah, it, uh, and he's very candid about what a tough time it is to be a, a comic book publisher. And uh, What was... Um, you know, the, I, I had seen that, that uh, some, uh, uh, some bad news might be coming to at uh, Borders employees and, and that kind of stuff. What, what was his take on it? Uh, well, his take is that, that certainly uh, Borders is a very, very large and important customer of the comics industry, and so in the near term it would definitely have a negative effect and may even put um, you know, th- some small publishers that aren't prepared for it out of business. Um, he thought longer term it would have a, for those that were smart enough to to survive the 
the near-term cash flow effects, it would actually have an, a, a, a uh, really no impact because um, you know people will find other avenues to get their books other than Borders, whether it be other bookstores or Amazon or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but that he said either way, this should serve as yet another um, flashpoint for the industry to really start taking a hard look at itself and where it's at and yeah, its reliance sure. on one distributor and the fact that uh, you know there aren't too many more of these kind of shots across the bow that these guys can you know there's only so many avenues left and that uh, the industry better start really thinking hard about how to expand its distribution and its audience and its reach and uh, if it doesn't you know it's going to be yeah. tough. So. It'll right. never change. And he's a smart guy and a very nice guy. Uh, true on, on both counts. I will give you that. Hmm? Yeah. yeah, super nice yeah. guy. I'm looking at some of this uh, briefer work here on the online, uh, the internet here, Vince. It's uh, pretty cool stuff, actually. It's, it's a awesome. really different take on the uh, Frankenstein. Uh, very yeah. triangular. Uh, triangular is that a word? Yeah, yeah he's, he's a face. beast. Yeah. Mm. There, there's yeah. one story towards uh, in the third incarnation. It's called the Tomb of the Living Dead where uh the monster is surrounded by these zombies that were reanimated on this this island it is it's incredible work the brushwork is stunning just really nice and and he was no slouch in the action department i mean these panels are dynamic ex, 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 extre, exceedingly so right. I, I love i love his work <laughs> i really do oh sorry i just read something that julian wrote it's funny. sorry <laughs> There you go. There's even a parody of Siegel and Schuster in here. Ah. Well, yeah. if there aren't two cut-up guys to worth parodying, I don't know who are. There you go. <laughs> All right. What else? We, let's see what time, what time we got here. We've been, oh, it's early, we've dude. We've been kicking hey, some uh, But while we have a lull, um, it is almost time. I know people have been waiting with bated breath, but it is almost time for our yeah, 11, 11 o'clockers. Get it? Next week? Are we ready next week? Next week. Next week? Yow. Let's say two weeks. Second week of the year? Yeah, let's say two weeks. Let's do it in fucking June. Oh, I'm having a hell of a time with these because a lot of good stuff came out in in 2010, but there are like... Your first reaction is the right reaction. Like Chris, there's a lot of... Not a lot, but there's a sizable amount of... Um, entries that I just don't give a damn. Like like best be, like favorite Marvel book, I don't care. Favorite DC book, I really don't care. Favorite death, I don't care. You know, favorite resurrection, whatever. But death, not to say I that it's Jason's no fault idea. for. No, not it's not Jason's fault for coming up with this because the majority no. of people that listen to this do care about that stuff. But I'm trying to think, what is my favorite DC book? Do I say Fables because that's the obvious choice? But it's Vertigo, that's which is DC. Book? Yeah, of yeah, it's DC. But but DC. My picks a DC uh, Vertigo book as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a favorite Marvel book. I I can't think of one. I buy Marvel Fantastic. Show? I buy Fantastic Four out of inertia. You know, I'm not. You I'm not looking forward Marvel to. No. Well, we we did fifty two episodes last year where there's plenty you gush about Marvel. So want to eat? I know. Often remember what you talked about. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. No, I mean my default's going to be Fantastic Four because that's the only one I'm buying. But I, I'll probably say Dude, strange, earlier strange you gushed about Amazing Spider Man. You I'll talked say, about I, and it is good. I just but I I can't say it's my favorite because I don't of Marvel. It's not yeah, your yeah. favorite book. It's your favorite Marvel book. I would have to give it to Strange Tales. 
Well, there you All go. Right then. Your answer yeah. then. Bam. Yeah. That I, wasn't so hard. I would, I would no, have to no. do that. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. so, hey, watch so, the mouth, Price. <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, January twenty uh, 19th, we will do the 11 O'Clockers. Um, people, uh, we have a thread. We've had a ton of entries. I appreciate that. I have logged. Everyone that's voted so far is logged in the database and tallied. Um I've seen it. I saw him doing it in real time. It was awesome. It's true. You can uh, continue to update your uh, existing votes, either change them or add to them, or go ahead and and cast your very first vote. Um, I will leave the thread open until I don't, put it that way. So um, let's say, theoretically, the deadline is Friday the 14th, but I, if I you know, have a chance to check in after that and you want to cast a vote you know no guarantees but i'll i'll do my best so cast your votes until i close it down and um you know hopefully you'll, you'll find a way to count it but uh it's always one of my I, it's a lot of fun nice way to look back on the year i'm always you put a, so much work in this thing. i'm always stunned at how many things we talk about on the show and or read that we often forget about and looking yeah. back at 2009 and 2010 uh, 11 o'clock skirts, it's funny to see some of the things that we thought were so amazing or groundbreaking at the time, which really kind of like lose their buzz. And then other things you realize that you probably didn't, didn't give the love to that you meant to. So it's a, it's, right. it's just a fun snapshot in time of where you are at the moment. Tell you what I'm going to do for next year. I am going to have a, a running tally of everything that I bring to the show. Because if, if I talk about something on the show, chances are I really love it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and what I'm going to do is copy and paste into a like a, a notepad document everything that I talk about and then at the end of the year I can look at that list because it, it kills me what the hell did I read over right. 2010 I've read so much how do, how do you keep track of it all but that'll do it for me so exactly. that's one that's one of my resolutions for this year is to nice. keep a running tally of everything that I talk about awesome yeah speaking of resolutions do you have any comic specific resolutions you've made for 2011? Uh, uh, by the, uh, yeah, well, I mean, just conceptually, by uh, break the cycle of buying stuff to buy it. Um, yeah, I, that's the mine exactly. Yeah. If I have yeah. at least 10 to 12 series that I'm sure I'll like if I catch up to them, but I have 8, 10, 12 issues, which is effectively a year's worth of, a year of content. Worth, yeah. And it's like, you know, I have so many comics and we have so, only so much time and there's so many collected editions that I haven't read yet and so many back issues I haven't read yet and so many things coming out that I still want to read that it just occurs to me, like, when you get to the point where you feel like you have to pound through a long run of stuff just to catch up, yep. is it really ultimately worth it? I mean, I can, if I can barely remember what happens in, you know, a couple hundred pages of a book because I'm just trying to power through it. So just Truth. try and, and get... I, I think I got part of the way there this year but but just continue on to breaking that notion that i just have to read something because it intrigues me just understand that there's a lot that may intrigue me and if it really is that intriguing it'll be there down the road too uh, you know yeah. uh, i how many times have you opened up your dcbs box and you're going through your books and you grab something like oh my god i want to read this right now how many books do you actually get that excited over uh, considering oh, I had a thousand and eight items sent to me, a fraction. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. So I mean, yeah. even the stuff that we do continue to buy, I'm going through it and I'm thinking, there's there's a lot of here, a lot of books here that I love, but how much do I love them if I haven't gotten around to reading them in like eight right. to twelve months? So, well, yeah, sure, even right. like it's with a, Marvel, like I mean, 
I think X-Men Legacy is fine, but I read a lot of X-Men books, pretty much all of them, and it's like, as I'm looking through my 11 o'clock list, I'm thinking, what do I really remember about those 12 issues of X-Men Legacy? Like, did I, re- you know, or, um, it's, you know, and you could pick your poison, right? I'm sure each person has their own thing, but it's just like, I, I just was thinking about that, or, or the fact that I have like 16 issues of Wonder Woman that I hadn't read. It's like, Oof. that probably tells me that I don't... <laughs> You need to stop that shit right now. Well, I had now. stopped a while. I stopped about six months ago because I came. But I'm saying I still haven't read them. So it's been, you know, so it's it's. I stopped six months ago and I still haven't caught up to the ones I had bought. So it's sort of like okay, I didn't, you know, it's just, just, just breaking that 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 cycle, you know. Yeah, yeah. and you know, see, I, I I did a pretty good job of that this year, and yeah, you did, and I and I and I feel better for it because the it. it you know, kind of, kind of full circle. We talked about how much, how many hours a week you spend reading, and it, it's a lot, but it's never enough. I feel like I spent less time reading books that I didn't really enjoy this year, and spent a lot more time reading stuff that I had the opportunity. Right, to right. Not, not that I necessarily. You know, close the, the, the back cover and said, oh, wow, you know, that was amazing. But it's like, you know what, that's a book that two years ago, three years ago, I wouldn't have even given the chance to. And honestly, more often than not, I am closing the back cover and going, that was fresh. That was that was something that I really enjoyed because it was completely different than something I would have given a chance to before just just because of the amount of time I have available, so you know, I think that's you know, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to talk I'm about Granville next week and how Vince is wrong. Ooh. No. <sighs> Maybe we'll do the eleven o'clockers next week. <laughs> hey, bump it up a week. I'll, I'll make my picks. I really didn't like Granville. God, I'm... I didn't say I didn't like it. Really enjoyed it. I, I, I think Talbot's a, an amazing writer and 99.9% of the time an outstanding artist. I just, just couldn't do not, I here, don't huh? like the style he's brought to Granville. No. I, 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 I like John McCray on the boys. I enjoyed I it. I, I did enjoy it. Um, and another downer, but I'm probably going to break Chris's heart with this. Oh. I was, I was very close to buying you weird didn't like wor- the Doctor Who Christmas special? No, I thought that was great. I, I watched that. Um, I I was really close to going leaving the copy comic shop with Weird Worlds number one today. Couldn't pull the trigger. I I don't know what's up with Kevin McGuire. Oh. I just, Kevin yeah, didn't I didn't care for it enough to buy it. Okay. Couldn't do it. You, you bashed on Kevin McGuire before. Okay. But you know you're who, who? I'm not a hater. Who? Who's doing the, <laughs> the garbage? Faces. Is it Aaron Lepresti that's doing the garbage man uh, character? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really nice. And then I think Ordway's doing Lobo, right? I um, don't know about that. It it may be Ordway. I was flipping through it. Oh, I I, I, I like the majority of it. But it's just no. McGuire's doing that purple chick with the the barely oh, there okay. costume with the 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 thong in the back. I, yeah. I I I couldn't buy it. I couldn't. I think I ordered the first issue, just because it's it's something different and it's an anthology. Yeah. And I got well, that's what shot, I thought. So. I thought I'll give it a shot. You know, uh, we'll see what's up. But 
No. Yeah, I, I will say, myself, actually. I, I will give DC props. Those logo covers look damn good when they're all lined up on the on the shelf or on the table because uh, Dave had the one table with just all DC and all the white covers with the logos and the dynamic figures coming at you. It looked really sharp. I thought that, I think that was a very good idea. Probably won't sell them very many more books, but it was pretty cool to look at. See. Yeah, you know. There you go. It is what it is, right? Yeah. I'm just I just have to question some of them didn't have text on the front. They just had a logo. Well I'll tell right. you something. Listening to uh or tallying up the eleven o'clockers, it's uh it makes me wonder, uh we we do not talk about a lot of the things that many of our listeners are passionate about, I'll tell you that. Oh really? Well, I mean, again, not to uh, bury the lead, but DC was the runaway best publisher. It wasn't even close. I mean, like five times more votes than anybody else. Wow. And we, I think, do not talk about DC relative to their output collectively versus any other publisher. We talk about, like, Ad House and Viz and stuff more than we talk about yeah. DC, it seems. You're right. You're you know? right. And uh, I would say half of the votes so far, I don't know the percentage, but, like, I'd say 40 to 50% of the votes so far have either been for DC or DC Vertigo. I'll tell you though, I, I, I made a very, very interesting observation, but I'll, I'll save it for off mic. All right. Okay. I may bite when Giffen comes back to penciling. Isn't Giffen going to pencil? Uh, oh, oh, it? shit. Yeah. Um, is it Outsiders? I hope not. Uh, is it? <laughs> well, I, I, did, I read somewhere I've tried, that. I've tried so many times with that book, and I just. Yeah. I'll tell you what has been dope, though, so far. I really like Batman Inc. so far. Okay. I've, I've heard good things. No, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to read the second issue. Yeah, when we're done, I'm going to... Yeah, uh, Morrison uh, is having a lot of fun so far. I mean, two issues in, it's it's been pretty straightforward. Uh, it, if, if 2010 was anything, it was the uh, uh, the year of, of opportunity to jump off the train for me. Yeah. yeah. So, so many, so, so many long story arcs and, and runs kind of wrapped up or hit a lull where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, here's an opportunity to, to not to not read this book anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately with, uh, you know, like, uh, and I like the, you know, Return of Swain. You know, I, I enjoyed that many and, and I, was, you know, liked Morrison's, for the most part, Morrison's Batman run. But it's like, yeah, you know what? I feel like I got a story, and now it's it's a nice time for me to kind of you know sidestep out of this one. And I felt yeah. that with a lot of series this year. Well, for, you know, for a long time, I've questioned the the logic in spreading a character across multiple titles because okay. well, well, no, I know why they do it, but but when when a comic book fan becomes tired of a character in a lot of instances like say exactly you were buying the batman books if you become tired of the bat universe you're not dropping one book you're dropping like six if if you're a hardcore fan <laughs> same with the same with the x-men i mean if if you're a really if you really love the x-men you've been reading them for a long time and then just something just clicks and you're not all that into them anymore you're saying goodbye to a nice chunk of revenue for that company Let's spread say, across, spread uh, across uh, 12 you know, months. But, but yeah, I think the way to approach it, especially with Batman, is that there's so many different facets to that character that you can, that you can tell, and I've always enjoyed the detective. And so I think I'm going to keep reading detective, which kind of 
you know, as it should, you know, kind of taps into that into that part of the character. I like the I like the detective crime books, and if I can mm-hmm. have a a Batman book where he's solving crimes and you know dusting for fingerprints, well, okay, that's the that's the kind of Batman that you know, that is entertaining to me. Um, right. Not to say that I didn't like Morrison's um, you know time traveling pilgrim. Batman because it was interesting, but you know at the, at the core of it, I, I like the perspective. You know, sure, but yeah. you know, but, so I, you know, I, whenever you talk about those franchises like that, I think that that's um, you know like Wolverine. You you can you can have different takes on Wolverine. You can have you know the Berserker. You can have the Samurai. You can have the you know the 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 Ronin Traveler and 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 the team member and and that kind of stuff. So it's like you know pick the pick the the Logan that you like and and read that book because there'll probably be that version of the character out there for you to. But how many? How, how often does that happen though? Well, I was going to say, I think what happens is, unfortunately, um, there's so many creative team changeovers and stuff, even within the the, yeah. the titles, that it's not easy to know which is which, right? Like, I mean, I know you say detective is about detective stories, but that's not necessarily always the case. I mean, that, so yeah. the point is that right now, Steven, Steven Snyder, you know, is you kind of get a sense that for what he's doing, you read about what his plan is, and you think, okay, that sounds up my alley. I think that's where it gets tricky, right? It's like... Um, and it depends on the line because uh, I, I know what you're saying. Like I, I again, uh, not to bring up a, a, a an open wound, but um, you know, I think definitely Thor: The Mighty Avenger got caught up in the overexpansion of Thor. I, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I think it was painted as an all ages book, which generally turns a lot of people off, even though it shouldn't. It does. And then you had eight Thor books a month coming out, uh, out of which is you know three years ago we couldn't support one Thor book, so. Are you listening have to Brian? You, Hitt, have Brian, you, Brian, Brian has made the point that you know even when Thor was at its creative peaks in in the past, it, it barely it was never a top seller. So why all of a sudden because the movies come out that we think we can support eight different books at once? You know, and I talk. Well, have you seen together. the Captain Go. America books coming out? That's what I'm saying. So you got the oh, same thing, Captain yeah. America. That yeah. you know, joking aside, I wrote a column about it a while ago. The Deadpool books, right? Well, the, I mean that that it went supernova, right? Deadpool launched its own series. It was doing well. They launched another one. It was doing okay. They now all of a sudden made it sort of making a joke of it and launched four or five and then all of a sudden what happens? Well, they're all getting canceled except for the main one. And 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 that's fine, but you know, it's sort of a it 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 does same thing with, with G.I. Joe for me. You know, it's sort of like I, I I was reading them all, they were good, then one or two of my thoughts stopped being so good, and now I'm kinda like, uh, oh, kinda burnt out for G.I. Joe. But I mean I, mm-hmm. I in that case I'm still gonna read Comics have always, always, always done that from 40 years before we were ever born. The comics have done that. No, I that's don't what think that's do. true. No, no that, that's a relatively comics. recent thing. Yeah, I was going to say, no, even Marvel and DC had... Marvel and DC Bird have books. eighty to hundred issues a month now. You, that was not. But that's different. a genre, Chris. Right. You can't. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a, but, but that's what I'm saying is that companies have always piled on to what's hot. Oh yeah, yeah but but yeah. not, not so often with the though. characters though. When Uncanny was the hotness, there weren't ten mutant books. That that didn't happen. That was a '90s thing. That didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. well, Burn, I mean, you know, it, it, there was Uncanny when when Byrne was doing Fantastic Four. There was Fantastic Four. I mean, there wasn't. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I I I love those times. Why can't we go back to that? Yeah. 
when there was one friggin' title for for each. Because they had a bite of that apple. Yeah. Well, but yeah, does it yeah, make yeah. sense though to keep tapping the same vein? I mean, it, it's gonna collapse after a while. It, it, just if you like keep... just like Vince's audio quality. That's true. Mm. But you know, but it can be done right, though. It can be done right. I mean, to be fair, I'm very much enjoying a number of the Avengers books that have come out since they've rebooted them. I mean, so it it can be, again, as long as they're good, I'm okay. I mean, there are certain titles I'll, you know. um, So, I mean, I'm loving Uncanny X-Force, and I love, and I read X-Men, too. So it can work, but it's just, it's a question of how long can it work. And you better be on point every single issue, or people are going to be like, I'm out. Yeah. Consolidate. Uh, but you know, I, I I don't think we're ever gonna. Well, I shouldn't say ever, but it, it's gonna. There's no evidence. I don't know that Marvel and DC see any evidence to consolidate. You know, what what's the evidence that they should? You know, they, to their minds, they're not seeing it. So, they see new books that have new characters or mid to to tertiary characters not sell. Right. So they they're like, well, I could sell fifty thousand copies of a third X Men book, or I can sell fifteen thousand copies of a, you know. Uh, of a you know he, uh, Hercules book, so okay, I'll I'll sell the third X Men book. I want to see a second Orkstein book. Still haven't read Orkstein, but me neither. I read it. I read it on vacation. Uh, it, it's really good. And there's a rest of Orkstein. Broken up, dude. Um, Gene <laughs> still good to me. Looks, uh, <laughs> their currency is is dried orc junk. Nice. So he looks a little just up from the few images I've seen of him. He looks a little Paul Popey to me. Stokey? Is it Stokey? Stoko. 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 Yeah. Um. There, there's a. I don't know what the fuck he is, honestly. From reading it, from looking at it, I don't know what the fuck he is. That that's part of the attraction of it. It's all I know is that. I was I was giggling and grinning most of the times that I was reading it. It was, uh, it was really fucking entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved every second of it. Yeah, there's um, boy, a little bit of pulp hope in there. Think about Stokoe's like you're reading it, and he borders on. It's so hard to describe because, at like one second you're like, "Is this guy good?" And then a, two seconds later, you're like, "Is he a genius?" Yep, you're right. It's it, it's it's the most bizarre thing whenever you're reading it. It's like it's like it's like it it feels almost adolescent, but then it feels transcendent. It's it's. It's bizarre. Well, it's and really uh, odd because there's a bunch of books at Image right now that do the same thing. They're, they're world building, like like Brandon Graham on uh, King City and Stoko on Orkstein. These guys are building worlds. It's almost bulletproof coffin. Yeah, it's almost scary how immersed they are in these these narratives because you could tell that they have this shit planned out way far. In advance, like they know everything, yeah. how how this the ecology of the the Orkstein world, the way the the animals live, the yeah. way that the people, you know, Orc Dick is money, and he had this he <laughs> had this the, yeah he had this this double page thing where he went the 
through the dr the cutting and the drying process and how it's laid out and how it's used as currency. Yeah, it's or, crazy. Or, or, or Gronk? Is it Gronk? I think it's Gronk. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing, <laughs> but it's a, like Chris said, it's a little scary. So um, okay, and now does Stephen King cameo in the book? What issue did you read? He was the, the the kind of the 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 boss of the town. <laughs> Is that Stephen King? I I don't know. <laughs> it's Stephen King. I'm <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But I, all I know is that that's a visionary title, and work stands wild. It's it's you know I've said this many times. Only at Image. I mean, Image seems to be the publisher that has the finger on the pulse of my pulse anyway of of the stuff that gets me going their 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 catalog is so diverse anymore yeah. you know than it has been for the past like 5 6 years i'm i'm continually astounded at at how far image has come well they do a wild job oni's you know don't forget oni oni's i think made some some uh, some big leaps uh, which is sure but, but they they just um, lack the bulk of the image catalog. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, the Six Gun, um, for, for fans of the Six Gun that live in the Chicago area, come out to Challengers next Friday, the 14th, um, and then the following Saturday, because Colin and uh, Colin Bunn and Brian Hurt are going to be there, and there's going to be an art showing for, I think they may have, and I'm, I'm probably misquoting, I think they have uh, the complete first two issues of original art, and it'll be for sale. Ooh, nice. There, and uh, Saturday, go, go to Challenge, just Google Challengers Comics Chicago and, and go to their events page, but there's going to be a sign on Saturday. Friday night is more of uh, an art showing, and cool. it's going to be awesome. And if you don't live in the Chicago area and you want to get in on the six-gun goodness, there's a place you can get it. Discount comic, book, discount comic book service. DCB, that's right, dcbservice.com. They will hook you up with uh, any six-gun book they possibly can. And you can get a whole mess of other stuff from 35 to 75% off their spotlighted specials. dcbservice.com. they the best. In your travels. I can't stress this strongly enough. If you really want to read a transgressive piece of work, something that pushes the boundaries of good taste, uh, propriety, uh, sacred, the profane, the disgusting, the pornographic, read Neonomicon. Go out and get Neonomicon. It is so freaking good. I. It, it's amazing piece of work by comic books living master Sweet. Alan Moore man's a god hmm. he's flawless and an ambassador, <laughs> and an ambassador. <laughs> how can he how can he type on the keyboard carrying that damn cross is way beyond me hey hey oh we should talk about that later yes. uh, in, in your travels uh, I mentioned it earlier from uh, from uh, dark horse books and uh, reprinting the uh, the amazing webcomic Axe Cop yes. uh, by uh, uh, Malachi uh, Nicole and Ethan Nicole. Uh, I believe is how you say their last name. Uh, Malachi was my, uh, uh, was my pick for next uh, Marvel EIC, but uh, um, apparently they don't want to hire an 
obviously uh, amazing uh, five-year-old to uh, to head up the company because this this kid's got chops. He knows how comics should be. So uh, so go out and uh, and read Axe Cop and um, uh, listen to what today's episode of of CGS as they their uh, their thousandth episode and big props to them. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's insane. It is nuts. So, so congratulations to the guys who, honestly, we probably wouldn't know each other uh, if it wasn't for for that show. And I, I probably wouldn't That's know true. Tom. And 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 honestly, most of the people that I know that uh, um, love comics from all over the country and the world. So, so big props to those guys. That's a good point. And uh, and continued success. I would know David though, because our love was meant to be. Oh. CGS, yeah, yeah. CGS no, no. just greased the wheels, but there was no, no stopping David and I. Would have greased other things. And Vince and I would have met <laughs> at some bathhouse or, uh, or you know, at, at the, the truck Glory stop Hall. on the interstate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, very rest areas. Absolutely. Uh, in your travels, read Black Panther: The Man Without Fear, number five thirteen. You're Respect. liking that, really? Yeah, I'll try to talk about it next week. Um, it was, uh, it was Coming to America. Damn fine. It was no. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because, yes. dude, how was it coming to America? He was all. It was. It was coming to America. Let's see. Halfway uh, into a- African royalty <laughs> moves to New York under an assumed identity with no money and but gets when he a first lame gets job. There, yeah, no, he gets there. He, is there a hot tub scene? Into the movie. No, sadly. Uh, maybe in the next issue. <laughs> no, it was the wife of a king. Beans. Man, <laughs> whoop Joe Lewis's ass. That is true. He did whoop Joe Lewis's ass. <laughs> I'm gonna play Macomb play. Jolly. So you got um, <laughs> turn the microphone. Down. Yeah. So <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> we, we made a cluster. I think you pissed on David's parade. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. We flustered him. Uh, hey, David no. knows. David knows uh, when it comes to Black Panther love, he's got a brother in me. I love fucking bl- that character. I, it's my man. Um, is Tex involved in any way? He should be. I thought I saw a cover that was very David reminiscent of, should get back of should Tex's be. work, but I guess I was wrong. Uh, that was, uh, that was uh, Simone's cover. Yes, Bianchi. True. Bianchi. Yeah, Bianchi. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, I, that doesn't look like Tex to me. Maybe it was just another image I was looking at. I don't know. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. Who else mm-hmm. do we have? Jason. Yes, I'm trying to think what I want people to read. Um, ah, you know what? Uh, do yourself a favor and pick up a, a, an issue of uh, Usagi Ojimbo. Yes. It's a fucking uh, really fun comic. And um, I'm only, uh, what, uh, 20 years uh uh, behind, uh, <laughs> behind the yeah. so, uh, I, 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 well, very very nice uh, rundown of the best collected editions oh, uh, of the year and so you, I'm assuming obviously that you got the, the slipcase of the Usagi yeah. mm-hmm. good, awesome yes sir it's amazing you had the time to read all those no I haven't <laughs> I, uh, I read maybe a page <laughs> before. well you know what your copy reads like you did, so I guess you have been very successful. Bam. You, d- you digging it? 
it, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, is, it, is it worth the, the $63? Well, the packaging is amazing. And, and what's cool, actually, is that it's not just like anthropomorphic, but they're like these random cute little dinosaurs running around. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of random. It's fun, actually. So it's, it's not just... I've always, yeah. Just like you said in your article, I've always been interested in reading that and never really had a clue where to start. So, so now I can. Has um, Usagi Yojimbo... Did it start at Fanographics, David? Yeah, that's why they have this. Uh, there, yes. that, that's the unfortunate thing is that um, this this collected edition, the double case, the double volume slipcase, uh, collects the first seven trades. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's going to be any subsequent editions like this because I think Fanographics only has the right. reprint rights so, to that yeah. amount. So, didn't it start in Critters? Mm. Oh no, no, that I don't think so. Hmm. I'm thinking because um, I have like the first couple of years, but I remember uh, an appearance here or there in Critters. Whatever, we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll Google right. it. Last thing, Jason, just for our buddy Tom Caters, I need to get your uh, your Eagles Packers pick. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, uh, I know who you're rooting for. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I think the Eagles are going to win a close one, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Packers win. I mean, I think it's, uh, other than the Seattle, I think the NFC is wide open, so, um, uh, but I'll say, I'll say, uh, I'll say 30 to 26 Eagles. Shootout. Okay. All right, Chris. And and I'm upset special, Seattle. Hit us with the disclaimer. Dude, dude, you realize Seattle is the worst playoff team in NFC history, right? I know, and I think they're going to rock world by um, um there is about a zero percent chance of that as colin bunn here, here writer of the space gun would say they're gonna rock the tits dude there is no chance hmm. that the hmm. seattle's beating new orleans it could happen unless drew Brees breaks his leg between now and game time it's not happening el disclaimo pronto I'm working on it <laughs> hold on that's spanish Please. see that i'm multilingual yeah i am damn i pulled up the around comics one hold on Oh, conflict of interest. Vince denied me. Vince, what the fuck? All right, you I, got, I denied you. What did I deny you? expressed by the guests are solely to those of those individuals. Oh, no. Them and may not reflect the opinions of around comics or 11 o'clock comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, oh. or retransmission without the express written consent of around comics or 11 o'clock comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Vince and his hard drive. And this has been an 11 o'clock around comics production. What the hell? We can't have a unique disclaimer? I didn't. You were off for how long? Well, you're you're not prepared. Right, because. You know, I, I had this all ready to go for bulletin bulletins. But oh, my God. <laughs> Jason. Jason. Stop canceling it. Because we're recording. No, no, I can't accept it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that knocking at that my door? Oh, shit. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. Hopefully, we, sh- we shook the cobwebs off this week, and next week we'll be back with a, a fine-tuned beast for you. Yes, yes. indeed. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy Have New a good year. time. Go buy some comics. Clarence Beats. And Alan Moore is right.
He and Jason Aaron are kind of douchey about this whole thing. Stop. (laughs) They both are being douchey. The whole thing. But the thing that gets me is, even if Aaron is pissed off, dude, not in a public forum. Like, how many people have dissed me over the years? I don't come on this show and say, oh, my God, this person's a fucktard. No, keep it to yourself. Sometimes it's good to see a creator show that they're fans. But, dude, honestly, if you went up, uh, see, I I know what you're saying, but if you went up and... Should we leave this in or no? Showed Gary Panther your portfolio, and he was like, "What the fuck are you showing me this piece of shit for?" I you would, would be, be personally hurt. I don't no, care what you say. I, about I would, your, no, yeah. I would be, I would be hurt. But you know what? I would try harder because I would yeah. want. No, seriously, I would take it as a uh, you know, pull up your bootstraps and be a big boy and get better because he he knows quality obviously from his work, and he didn't see it in mine. So I would try doubly hard. You know, to get better. Wired differently than most, though. I've been thinking about it in in like professional athlete terms, and Joe Morgan was an amazing second baseman, an amazing second baseman. And, he lost Vince about three minutes ago. You know that's okay. And, and, I, I well, get the analogy. And, and 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 he'll be the first one to tell you that. And and there will never ever be another second baseman, in Joe Morgan's opinion, that was better than him. And I think that, you know, I, I don't know if Alan Moore feels that way or whatever, but I think that, that that people have a tendency of looking back on their careers or uh, the the time of their careers and saying, we were the best it, ever, and it will only get better the longer that we're separated from that time. And I, and I think that, that Alan Moore kind of feel that way about his work. You know, back to the you know the baseball time. You see, guy like Robbie Alomar gets inducted in the Hall of Fame. Robbie Alomar, in my opinion, was twice the baseball player that Joe Morgan was. So for 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 Joe Morgan to say, oh well, you know, yeah, but he was you know totally you know insignificant compared to me. You know, I I can see Robbie Alomar saying, fuck you, dude. You know, I went out there and I played really well. I think that's what Jason Aaron is kind of saying to Alan Moore. It's like, hey, okay, I know I'm not you. I know that that I may not, you know, stack up in your mind to what we all as an industry should be, but I'm a pretty damn good writer. And and, and, and and he is, you know, but and, and 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 screw you for for saying you know in a blanket statement that we, as an industry, don't live up to your law. Well, yeah, see, that's where I think that's where I think Vince, you got to be fair to the. To, I mean, this is a guy that literally. I mean, he makes no bones about it. I, I first of all, let me say, I agree with you personally. The way I comport myself, I wouldn't write an editorial at a major, at least for the industry website telling someone specifically to fuck off because they upset me. That that to me doesn't serve any purpose. I don't no, know. But the, can can no, I just but, interject but and let aside, you go? But that aside though, I also think fair is fair. I can understand I don't understand why he felt the need to publicly air it in that way, but I understand why his why he would be upset about it cuz again, this is clearly his hero. This is the guy that made yeah. him want to be a comic book creator okay. saying with complete and un- I don't know how you can miss. There's no room for interpretation. He says he doesn't even think there's such a thing as a second tier writer in the industry today. So mm-hmm. if you are writing comics today, I don't know how you could say well he wasn't insulting him. He was insulting him. But I, I, Al- Alan Moore is talking about mainstream comics here. 
which Jason Aaron writes exactly. Okay, he's he's not talking about the the entirety of the comic book industry. So he's not throwing daggers at everybody. He's Aaron. talking about right. He's talking about Marvel and DC. But the thing that gets me is you don't see Jason Aaron complaining about the editor at Reader's Digest who kicked back his submission or the editor at DC Comics who didn't think he was good enough and and had him come back multiple times They're not times. His heroes Okay but he's he's taking a swing at the king of the heap he the, he's biting the big dog or he's trying to get the alpha male he's going after Alan Moore this is just all for attention He no, may feel no. he may Oh come on No 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 he's I, I'm not I, I, if you take a okay, swing at so God, so you got to get noticed. The, the only the only way that I can look at this, and and you know, I'm not going to speak for him, but everybody knows that for about a year and a half, I was fucking out of control with my vitriol towards Marvel and certain people that wrote at Marvel. I didn't notice that. When did that happen? You noticed that? No. Okay, that was from. No, I'm being facetious. Of course, no, we noticed no, no. it. That you have to be Helen Keller not to notice I it. I felt, you know, it's like, first, I have such a personal attachment to these characters and the company, and and for some weird, stupid, uh, immature reason, I felt slighted because they weren't telling the types of stories that I wanted them to tell. And you know what? We take these things personally, and whenever we dent our feelings about it, yeah, it can come out immature and... and and I think that Jason, this was his idol as a writer. And to have that idol say in a blanket statement, I don't think that you're very good at writing comics today, I can see that that would fucking sting. Okay, but what sting. does it accomplish, though? What what has he what has Jason he got it off his chest? Well, right, but, Great, but he got it off his chest. But is is there is there well, even a even a one percent hope that Alan Moore would even notice? No, that I don't this? think he cares. I don't think he cares. He, he won't respond. Sometimes you just gotta fucking vent. Right, but hold on a second, Vince. But you gotta. Ooh, I mean, this is where sometimes you frustrate me because you gotta play fair. Just because you like Alan Moore, play fair here. Because I love Alan Moore too. But dude. Then let's flip the script. Then what the fuck purpose did it serve for Alan Moore to to say yeah. what he said about the industry? What? Because how does it serve him? No, 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 no. How it does doesn't. It, serve it doesn't him? serve him. So, it, right. It doesn't. So why did it he doesn't. be a dick? And he already. He, he certainly, I would think, is is self confident enough about his position in the industry's pantheon that he didn't need to go out of his way to say there. I don't think that there's even such a thing as a first tier, much less a second tier, much less first tier writer in the industry today. Who, other than serving his own seemingly fragile ego, what did he? What was his purpose of putting that in print? So turnabout's fair play, but he you was can't being get mad at a guy okay. for reacting to his hero reacting to. I mean, Alan Moore wasn't like caught off guard on a YouTube video saying that in the comfort of his own home, and then it no. got picked up. Right. He gave that quote to be consumed by the industry, and unlike what you're saying about Jason Aaron and who's in Alan Moore going to notice, I guarantee you Alan Moore is fully aware of the fact that when he gives an interview and says oh, something sure. blanket about the industry, that most people are going to read it and they're going to react to it. So, but that's again, my point. If you're, but so you're knows, chastising Jason knows, Aaron for the thing that that, the that, that that Alan Moore's doing. Alan Moore said that to get a reaction. Why else would he have said it? Regardless of the fact that he's mostly right. Well, I think Jason Aaron's mostly right. I think Alan Moore's an immensely talented dude who came off like a dick. 
about you, I mean again we we talk about po- comics for 2 hours a week every week and we read as we just talked about 10 to 20 hours of uh, of our lo- of our lives each week reading comic books many of which are printed today so the assertion that there are no good writers is bullshit it's fucking f- a flat across the board bullshit in his in his estimation there are no good writers because he is of a level where he can look down on these people Obviously, look down That's on these bullshit. people. That's no, listen, like Michael Jordan saying there's no good basketball players. It's bullshit because no one's as good as him. Okay, but there's, well, n- but there, but he's right in the fact it. that there's no writer out there with one That's exception. No, I know. He said they're right, but I'm saying if Alan Moore had said. I don't think there's anyone that can hold my jock, and that's why I don't want him to touch my properties. I wouldn't argue with that, and I don't think anyone else would. It might still be a dickish thing to say, but it's probably true. That's not it what was, it was. It was a hateful thing to say, but I, I think the first or second tier writers in the industry today—it's a fucking much different statement, dude. It, but it's I think the man, say. right? Okay, but don't you think he's earned a cash of? No, he's long since burned that up. Oh, I don't think so. Name one work at Marvel or DC not done by Alan Moore that compares to even anything oh, no, that no, Alan no. Moore has done. I'm talking about his cash of being a dick. He's no, of course. No, he's worn that out along. <laughs> You're right. You're right. He has. But I'm just saying in, in terms of artistic credibility, there is nothing that has been produced Absolutely at, not, which at is Marvel or DC. I don't understand why it would sting Jason Aaron who fucking hero worships the guy. <laughs> exactly. You're proving my point. That Alan Moore is pretty much, I, I think, to my mind, unequivocal the best comic book yeah. writer that, that that's lived. So when he goes out of his way to say the entire people working in comics today suck, yeah, I would think that would bother me since he's my hero. Yeah, that would bother me. I would think so. Again, yeah. I would have not opted to air my grievances because to me that's exactly a, that's that's a douche move following a douche move. I'd just be a bigger man about it. Right. I would like to. I would think that he'd be a bigger man about it. But you know, hey, I, I that being said, I understand it. I understand his. I, I think well, the only thing gained know. by by putting that piece on. Uh, what was it, Newsarama, or was it Comic Book Resources? Comic CBR. Book Re- See, CBR. He right. writes regular the, article there. The, you know, the, the, the only result of, of that thing is Jason's Aaron's name is going to be mentioned. That that's the the only result. No. There's not going to be a reconciliation. There's not going to be an Alan Moore saying, "Oh, y'all, no, I was no. wrong." I'd be surprised. There, I wouldn't oh, be surprised if it. Alan Moore says, "You know what? Actually, I think Scalped is a good book." I doubt if you write. I doubt if you read Scalped. Yeah, you know, because it's. Uh, not but, and then there was the digs. But, you know, but, in in the article, like the man worships a snake god. Don't criticize the dude's religion because yours is probably just as stupid as his is. Well, that's I, fair. I Again, that's, I I think that's know, coming out of anger. You're not going to hear me defend Aaron's column. I, I don't. I think it was ill. It was as ill conceived as Alan Moore's uh, making the statement in the first place. I just think it's two guys. Being rather childish, they're too grown. Right. Men being, I think. I think. Jason, you. This this industry is such a fraternity of people that know each other and consider each other friends. I think for the most part, and it's a, it's a. I mean, there's a tight knit group of of friends and friendships out there, and I think Jason was speaking his mind on behalf of a lot of people that took offense to that. A lot of people that have dedicated their careers to writing these silly little funny books and I think he was speaking for a lot of people that took offense that that they don't stack up to Alan Moore's idea of what they should be doing. Tangential to this but a, a way of I think how it can be handled well. So uh, we all know now hopefully he's on the bridge but I wrote a little column saying I thought the whole Marvel Architects thing was stupid and uh, and and I and I I didn't get into the specifics out of respect for the people but I alluded to the fact that 
I have firsthand knowledge that there are creators out there that, that were, you know, not exactly feeling great about that whole thing. And to Matt Fraction's credit, I got to give Fraction was on Word Balloon, and I got to give Suntrist credit for this, but Fraction addressed it head on. I was very pleasantly not surprised. No, I was, I was pleased by the way Fraction handled it. Someone asked him about the architect's thing, and he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but the basic gist of it was, you know what? I. I'm honored that they called me it. I understand why they did it. It was a PR thing. I get it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing this big event. It's cool. Uh, it's 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 flattering. But if you're one of the other 90 people writing great stories at Marvel right now, and you were put off by it, I understand that too. And I was like, you know what? That's honest. That's him yeah. saying they're recognizing me. I, I'm I worked hard to be at this position as one of their top dogs, and I'm not going to apologize for it. But I get that the way that they executed it probably if it insulted you i get that you know maybe it shouldn't have but i get if it did and that was like when i heard him say i was like that's a fucking cool dude he's acknowledging the fact like he's self he's 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 not so self-absorbed as to be like well they're just recognizing that we're you know he was like i you know i was mentioned so of course it's flattering to me but for if i wasn't mentioned i get how that might have bothered you know you and and i was like that's that's cool like he he, and they dropped he's like and that's that you know because that's ultimately he had no control over it he could have just been like why didn't write the thing and i had nothing to do with it but he he took a moment stepped out of himself and thought what would my comments how would they they reflect to my peers many of which probably respect me some probably that are jealous of me some that are friendly with me you know maybe what i say is going to be processed by them in a way that yeah even if it's you know sometimes there's 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 value in 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 restraint i think and of course i will never you'll never hear me say alan moore is an an astoundingly good comics writer but i do think that he is hardly the poster boy for restraint or the uh, respectable treatment of others. I, I And you could argue it's not his job. And you're right, it's not his job. But then understand that if you're going to be a, if you're going to come across as a 55 year old petulant child who only is concerned about your own worldview, well, then be prepared. Maybe you don't give a shit one way or the other, but then be prepared that people are probably going to react strongly to that. You give strong reactions in public, you're going to get strong reactions back. But yeah, I, I, well, why would you or react to it? I mean, if you're a writer of creative fiction, amongst a, a group of writers of creative fiction, just shut up and do your job. Why do you have to care what the other guy thinks? Who gives a damn? Well, are you what Alan Worth? No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying in general. He, from, I'm saying from. No, I'm saying it from Alan Moore. Why does he care what mainstream comics are? He doesn't write them. Why does Jason Aaron care what Ma, Ma, uh, Alan Moore thinks about him? Because just, they're just both, do your job. Fans of these silly little stories. Just, just do your like, job. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't I think, think I don't think Alan's speaking out of a love for mainstream comics. He's just looking at his own work, thinking these guys can't hold a candle to me, and they never will. No, I also think what, I think you're you kidding mean? yourself if you think Alan doesn't have uh, personal animosity towards mainstream comics for the way he sure. feels he was mistreated. Well, yeah, there's that too. But I'm just saying, as as far as as far as the the mechanics of mainstream comics, he probably doesn't have a desire to work within that that arena ever again and and so he he feels like he can piss in their in their backyard in my opinion the guys earned a certain amount of that but yeah it was rude of him to say that just as it was rude of, of jason aaron to tell you know the best writer to ever come out of mainstream comics yeah to, i do uh, find it off. kind of funny as a, a david i know probably you have fallen asleep or doesn't want to jump into this right here um 
uh, you know, Slot got a little bit of a uh, heat for him when he when he dropped an f bomb on a message board forum uh, a week or two ago, oh, yeah. and uh, and, and his, his Steve Wachter went on that same forum and said, you know, uh, well, Slot can say f bombs because he's not a Marvel exclusive, so he's not bound by you know uh, behavior policies that I that I'm I am, so I can't tell you to f off. But I was thinking, well, Jason Aaron is a Marvel exclusive and he's an architect, so like. Can he like like so? It's kind of a double-edged sword. Right? Like Slot gets in trouble for saying an f bomb in a personal message board post about Spider-Man and whether he's a real fan. And then Jason Aaron writes an entire column on a major news site in the industry where the title is "Fuck You." And I'm thinking there's a little bit of a dichotomy there, right? I mean, I don't like. Yeah, that, maybe he that, feels a little untouchable because of his architect status. It'll be interesting to see if Marvel. Says anything to him? I don't. I don't. You know what? I, How I, about just write the book? I, I, I think the relationship between Marvel and Alan has been pretty well documented. And well, again, though, see, I'm not judging it on that, though. I'm judging it on whether or not that's the behavior Marvel finds suitable for an employee. Yeah. Again, I, there are lots of companies you can't. I mean, you know, it's not Mount, you know not mountains and molehills. I, again, I, I, I don't think that I don't think that many people. I'm not saying they're going to fire him. I, I'm I, I can't no. understand a reason Steve why. Wagner made a point on that message board of saying, "I couldn't tell you to f off if I wanted to because I'm an employee of Marvel and they have expectations mm. as to how we're to comport ourselves in public." I wish Dan had chosen to do it the same way, but he is not held to that same standard because he is not a Marvel exclusive. He's a freelancer, and freelancers are entitled to a broader set of behaviors. Jason Aaron is not a freelancer, so I would assume, unless he's got a special clause in this says that I can tell people to fuck off, he is <laughs> under what Steve Wachter's point of, of he would be held to a higher standard. I would I would imagine if Marvel has a problem with it, they will take him aside and say, hey. I, I think, I think it's actually a blanket statement in all Marvel contracts that you can tell Alan where to fuck off. <laughs> so what, what was his purpose in saying that about... The, the mainstream writers like why would I mean, he's a brilliant man he knew exactly what kind of reaction that was going to cost right did, right did he do it just to 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 get these guys to rally I, and I, I, and try I, harder or did he just do it to be hateful i don't know I, either I, either I, way I, 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 See, I he did it to be hateful to the big two not right thinking but that there's actual people that write these books that are working hard that are talented and in fact probably do worship the ground you walk on i think he didn't think all that because he doesn't right he's but He's a Alan big proponent of karma. That's very self-centered. But he should know. He 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 really he he knows what these negative energies do, or at least that that's what he believes. Why would he do that? He should he should be smarter than that. Who cares what 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 these mainstream guys think of you? You're the king. Walk away. Turn around. Go do something else. Yeah, I, 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 whatever. I, well, no, I wouldn't have said it, but I I don't. You know, begrudge Alan Moore for saying if that's what he believes, that's what he believes. But I, I don't know. This whole thing's a mess. I don't. I wouldn't have done yeah. what Jason Aaron did. No. Yeah, me neither. It's puzzling because Jason Aaron actually, in the not that I know him personally, but the times I've heard him interviewed, comes off as actually very like relaxed and easygoing. So it's sort of a. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's and I wouldn't want him to suck can... my dick. I just said that to be to be anti in the beginning. Yeah. I have no happy new real, year. <laughs> yeah. Happy Happy New Year, Jason Aaron. You do not have to start talking Marvel politics. David shuts right up. <laughs> I know. No, I got nothing to add to it. What am I going to say? The you got plenty to add. No, this is you got no view on this. First of all, no, because what Alan Moore said. Did he say something recently, or is this the same shit with the whole Gibbons and Watchmen and yeah? yeah. So I don't I don't give a shit about that anymore. That's old fucking news. And for Jason, Ooh, he's all fired up. Look at him. Nice. No, I'm not, it's. <laughs> You said I mean, F. You're fired up if you say F. 
<laughs> and you said I, it. And I've got no, I've got no opinion. So Jason Aaron wrote something. You know what? If if I, I get exactly where Jason's coming from, I, I, I where Woods coming from, I, I can see that point. And I, I if you want, I look at <clears> it like Chris said. He wanted a vent, and that's cool. But I mean, do I? Would I like them to just you know stop with the this and and just work on books that I like to read? Yeah. This go. makes for some interesting shit, and and you know, and people on the forums talking about it, and now we have the people. Now it's just a new versus argument. It's not Marvel versus DC. It's not indie versus mainstream. It's not Vertical versus Icon. Now it's more versus Aaron, and this will go Red on for a few days. And and I just, but I've you know, I in two weeks. I have no worse than this. Race. About it's the hottest fight since Kirkman versus Bendis. <laughs> I think this is hotter. Yeah, we saw that one in the it's day. Hotter. I, <laughs> And Kirkman What's and McFarlane is playing. That, uh, I guess Alan Moore doesn't really do cons, so this never happened. But they're both imposing men. <laughs> they're not exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aaron and and Moore are both yeah. imposing dudes. Yeah. Is, is Alan Moore a big guy? Yeah, he's tall. One thing though, Jason Aaron may stomp the shit out of you, but Alan Moore is going to damn your soul for eternity. So <laughs> you don't want to mess with him. I don't know. Jason might have some bad voodoo shit going on. You never I don't know. know. Maybe he picked up some of that Native American there's stuff. There's darkness there. Jason strikes me as one of those guys that you did be that looked totally at home on like uh like uh you know on a biker gang but but at the oh. same time you know you could leave your kids with and he'd take good care of them. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Wow, this has been one hell of an ending. Yeah. <laughs> we, did you realize we ended the episode like a half hour ago? Yeah. All, All right. right. It's good. But so. this, that's that's what we're all about impromptu. We're real. Right. Right. Are we done? Yeah, go have fun. Go kiss your mama. Go buy some comics, and we'll see you next week. Get them eleven o'clock votes in, bitches. That's right. These are always the conversations. Stay tuned for Vince's top novel book. The one, the ones after we leave them in. Strange tale. Bye. Good night. Call me.